The Joe Rogan.net podcast. What is this podcast called? Joe Rogan Experience. .net? It's my <laughs> fucking website. I'm just making shit up. The Joe Rogan Experience podcast is brought to you by The Fleshlight. If you go to Joe Rogan.net and click on the link that says Fleshlight and put in the code name Rogan, you will save 15% off. How about that, Duncan you, Trussell? Wow. I'm not joking. Oh, wow. And with that said, Christ. buckle up, bitches. Here we go. The Joe Rogan Experience. Ladies and gentlemen, in this amazing moment in human history where not only was a prince wed, but a couple days later, an evil warlord was killed. <laughs> we are in the middle of an awesome movie. That's what's going on. We have a black president. Princes are getting married in front of billions of people. Everyone is happy for them. And we killed the bad guy who was living in squalor in Pakistan. I'll tell you what. I thought a million bucks would buy you a little bit more in Pakistan. I thought for a million bucks you could own Pakistan. I didn't know you would get that shithole house. They're like, this is Osama bin Laden's million-dollar compound in Afghanistan. Like, what the fuck are they... Is it just like the most fertile heroin ground in the world? I mean, what the fuck is it? Why is that house worth a million bucks? It's pro I, I think it was built exactly to hide him. So I think it was probably a, a large underground bunker type really? situation. Or it was had a lot of security and a lot of firewalls and stuff like that. And maybe... I don't know. I, I was thinking that they were going to find him in fucking like Woodland Hills or something like that. <laughs> That's I, I, what I, I was pretty surprised that, that they found him in Pakistan. It's, yeah, I was too. It seems like he would have been... Well, the thing about that dude, I think, is he's got to be around his kind. You know, he's got to be around militants only. Right. You can't... No, no moderate people are going to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's Osama bin Laden, Okay. You know, we're, we're not we're not talking about Muhammad here. We're not talking about you know the the guy that wrote the Quran. We're, we're talking about this guy who's probably the head of a gigantic terrorist organization and used to work for the CIA. Bin Laden did. Yeah, Bin Laden was working for the CIA. You didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Who says that? Is I didn't that know that. Everybody? Yeah. Oh wait, no, I think he did. He, he had some kind of uh, he was agreement. in the mailroom. He had a, an agreement uh, with uh, what president was it? The original Bush. Or something like that. I, I do remember that. Barely remember. Some kind of like training. He was set up for some kind of training. Well, there's all sorts of allegations. The, the bottom line is that the United States, the CIA, the whatever the fuck you want to call them, whatever we're under, what they did was they got all these people in Afghanistan to fight against the Soviet Union. And they helped them. They helped the Mujahideen. They helped train them. They helped arm them. And Osama bin Laden was a part of that. And when the Soviet Union got out of Afghanistan and, you know, whatever happened overseas that shifted, you know, the Taliban and Al-Qaeda's interest in, you know, taking out the United States instead of taking out Russia, instead of defending themselves. When, when, when shit got weird with Afghanistan, that's when Homeboy came into the picture. And then he basically took over over there, supposedly. Who the fuck knows? You know, when you start talking about what the CIA did and, you know, and what they're doing, the Contras and the Sandinistas, are you sure? Because, you know, they've been lying about everything for so long. Who the fuck knows if Osama bin Laden really... Alex Jones thinks he's been dead for nine years. They froze him yeah, nine that. years ago, froze him, and they're pulling him out right 
strategically in line for when the new elections are setting up. See, what they did was they <laughs> threw out this bogus birth certificate. <laughs> Have you seen the bogus birth certificate? Oh, you mean the PDF? It's fake, man. Oh, yeah, totally fake. What people need to know, I, I asked a thread about this last night, and the general consensus among people who understand Photoshop, I put up a thread on the message board uh, asking Photoshop wizards, please check this thing out and tell me what's up. And there's a bunch of... Vid what, what people don't know is a lot of people are claiming Osama bin... Or not Osama bin Laden. Isn't it weird that <laughs> the president's name up. is right next to this evil, evil terrorist? Yeah. Wow. You would think he would change his name. Yeah. I mean, Kevin James ch changed his name. His name was Nipfing. Nipfing? Nipfing, like with a K. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Just a complicated name to spell. He didn't want to go the Arnold Schwarzenegger take a chance route. Right. So, like, Jeff Ross. Wasn't Jeff Ross, like, Jeff Lipschultz or something yeah. like that? Brian so, Redband. That Redband dude. Yeah, there you go. That Redband guy. He was, like, some Nazi name or something like that. Yeah. Well, anyway. maybe maybe it would draw more attention to the fact, like if Obama had changed his name before running for president to Luther or Will. For poor white people, he is such a nightmare because his nickname, his middle name is Hussein. Yeah. It's like he couldn't be more fucked up, his name. His name couldn't be more threatening. That is weird. For dumb white people, that must be so terrorizing. You know, just fuck, fuck, fuck. Anyway, for people who don't know, supposedly he faked his birth certificate. And what they did was people took the image that the White House released online and they took the image and they ran it through Photoshop or Adobe Photo Elements and they saw that there were many layers to the photograph and that the photograph wasn't just one flat photograph, that things had been added supposedly or that it looked like things had been cut and paste. But the general consensus among people who understand Photoshop seems to be that when you scan something and you put it uh, in Adobe Photoshop, it shows layers automatically. OCR, on that uh, character recognition thing, what it does is it tries to grab the, the words that, you know, and puts them in layers for whatever reason. I don't know why it does it. Why would it's it annoying. Do? Yeah, my scanner does it all the time. It it's sucks. annoying, but you would think that people would ask about this before they would make all these crazy claims that it's definitely fake. Because look, it's probably fake anyway. You know, who's you to say? Who the fuck knows? Who cares? It's it's anti-American to care. Okay, what are you saying? You you should be able to be American because you somehow or another snuck in first. You you both got in. Yeah. Well, you went in through the channels that we all agreed upon. Did you really agree on those channels? Because I didn't agree on them. Right. I I, I think I think we could do a lot better in deciding who gets to stay here and who doesn't. I know a lot of cool people that want to come here and can't. Right. You know, and there's cunts here, plenty of them. Um, so who gives a fuck? We're all immigrants. The United States is based on the idea of immigration. Come to some place from somewhere that sucks and let's make this place better. That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. That is what the United States is. So when people start fucking tripping about he wasn't really born here, he's like you, you have to be shit out on the right patch of dirt to make you eligible to run it. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, regardless of whether or not you think it's stupid, it is the law. It is the Constitution. It is by our founding fathers. They had the great wisdom in setting up this nation. Great wisdom. They were dumb as fuck, and they had wooden teeth. Okay? And, and, slaves. and slaves. Yeah. And they were fucking their slaves. Were they really? Oh, yeah. Tell me Thomas more. Jefferson was fucking a slave. Nice. That's, yeah. Like, it wasn't just like... They were just, you know, happened to have slaves. Because that's what some people say, that, you know, back then it was a, that was normal. And they were just doing what was normal and they didn't like it. But um, what about fucking your slave? Well, do you think that people who own, like, McDonald's 
a lot of them will fuck their employees. Sure. Isn't that kind of the same thing? Yeah. If you got someone working for you at McDonald's, they're doing a full-time shift at McDonald's. They can't go anywhere. I mean, they're fucking slaves. No, they might the as difference well be is slaves. McDonald's is a chain and slaves are in chains. That's the fucking <laughs> difference. <laughs> I mean, there's well, a big not, difference between not working heinous. at McDonald's and being like having a manacle on, and the door opens and some fucking horny guy in a wig comes in. And fucks I think what you. they, yeah, absolutely. But I think what they realized about slavery—the reason why people were willing to let slavery go, since it was, you know, it's so such a fucking horrendous idea—and people were willing to impose themselves so much on other people that they literally owned that person. Yeah. But I think it, eventually they realized you don't have to own them. Just get him addicted to things. Right. Get him addicted to working. Get him addicted to things. Well, you, know, you need things. a new car. Look at this shiny car. Yeah. You need a new car. But that car is forty thousand dollars, and I don't even make forty thousand dollars in a year. <laughs> Listen, we've got financing. We've got zero percent down. You don't have to pay a single payment for three months. By then, you'll be up on your feet. Yeah, by then. Yeah, by then. <laughs> Next thing you know, this fucking moron lives in an apartment he can't afford with a yeah. car he can't afford, and he's a slave. He doesn't know he's a slave, but he's a slave. Right. If you go anywhere and fuck off, they will literally take away your ability to buy things and or throw you in jail. Which is way worse than being a slave. They're going to throw you in a cell where a bunch of guys want to beat you and rape you. Pay your bills, bitch. You're a fucking slave. <laughs> yeah, right? it's true. There is a version of that. I mean, there's Brian, no that, doubt. That, that thing is playing on a loop in the background. Do you hear it? No. Do you guys hear it when we're talking? No. I don't, I don't hear it at all anymore. I heard drums while I was talking. I was like, what the fuck I, is I going on? I think it's on? one of the microphone stands probably. Or really? One, yeah, one of the things. Oh, sorry. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> My ultra-tuned-in hearing. But this here's the difference, because I've thought about this before, which is the idea of uh, that, you know, if you're working 40 hours a week, uh, that's its own form of slavery. Um, well, the whole idea is someone can trick you into doing that. It's okay. It's yeah. voluntary. It's, instead of capture you. You know, it's it's well, voluntary slavery instead of mental, involuntary. I, it's mental. It's a mental slavery. I mean, it is and it isn't. I mean, it is free will and it is a society that's open and you can work there and save up your money and move on to a better gig, you know, and it's a, just a gig. You know, you can take it until they figure out how to make robots that can do your job. Right. That's really what it's there for. But, you know, people will argue that it's slavery when you see a bunch of people that are super, super rich and then they have super poor people that work for them. They fucking don't them. Yeah, the difference, the total difference is the, the free will, though. You know, you're yeah, not okay. a slave. Oh, sure. I mean, that's like a huge part of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that McDonald's are slave owners. <laughs> yeah, because when you're making They kind of are we're, a little, you know, if you, if you got someone working all week for you and you pay them 500 bucks, Wow. Could you imagine? And that's like you got to get taxed too, right? right they yeah. tax you. Yeah. So how much do you get? Like, like three fifty, three fifty for the maybe. week. For the week. So you got to live with a bunch of other people. There's no way you can afford, and you don't have time afterwards to go to school. When you get off work, you're fucking exhausted, man. What are you gonna do? You've been working behind a fryer, hating life for eight hours. You, you know, it's, the odds are you're not gonna put out, put forth your best effort going to a college anyway. You're gonna kind of half-ass it. I, you know, like, whenever I've been doing more than one thing at the same time, I never do as well, right. you know? It's like why fighters can't have full-time jobs. And comics can't have full-time jobs either. If you have a full-time job, it's fucking it's hard for you to write, man. Yeah. It's hard to really get it and get in the sets that you need to get in. You need That's to right. get in, you know, three, four, five a week if you can, you know, at least, right? When you're yeah. writing new material. It's hard to do that if you have kids. It's hard to do that if you're married. It's hard to do that if you work. It's hard to do That's once you're, you're a part of a system. Very difficult to change your life. Yeah. It's like, 
we have so much momentum getting on us, behind us rather, that when we get on a path, whatever it is, be a doctor, you know, be, be a fucking, whatever the fuck you want to be, be a mechanic. Once you're on that path and you're moving, and you're like, shit, I don't like this path. This path sucks. Fuck, that's hard to change, man. It is so hard to switch gears and change careers. Well, it I mean, might be one of the hardest things a person could the, do. The, the reason that hallucinogens became illegal is because one of the biggest propon- proponents of hallucinogens, Timothy Leary, um, was taking LSD and was saying, tune in, turn on, drop out. His advice to these people that you're talking about was completely drop out of society. This game that you're playing where you think you've got to go to work and have a family, it's just a game. It doesn't exist. It's not a real thing. It's time for everyone to stop playing that game and and, and let that game die. That was the whole point, dropping out of society, rejecting completely every aspect of the society you're in and just dropping out, going into a commune or going into San Francisco and starting the summer of love and wearing beads and dancing. The problem is all those commune stories all end up with kids (laughs) getting raped. You know, I mean, I'm sure some of them don't, but I have friends that grew up on communes. I have a few of them and and every one of them, there was child abuse. Well, yeah, communes fail or notoriously fail. And they usually don't. They just they go up in flames, literally quite often, like shit goes weird. But it's like the the idea that we are living the best way that we can as a society. Like, this is the best we could do. This is it. This is the ultimate example. I, I don't why, know. Why is that... it that people are afraid of the, the idea of communes? And, you know, I said that, you know, uh, I knew uh, a bunch of kids that had grown up in communes and the fucked up shit had happened to them. It doesn't mean that all of them do. You know, if you grew up in a commune and it was awesome for you, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not negating your experience or, or, or saying I know any better. But what is it about communes that are so scary to people? When you hear about people branching off and going out and doing their own thing, like the, the Waco Davidian thing, yeah. you know, when you hear about that, the cult, like when you hear about a commune or a cult or anything that's like really alternative to the standard model, things get really weird. What is that? Why does that weird you out so much? Well, I mean, you're talking about a lifetime of living in a certain way. Like you, the- right, but why do we care what other, if other people want to do it? Is it because we're nervous that they're going to attack us? They're not going to be on our team? What is it? You're always scared of groups. You know, when you see a, a person across the street, you don't think anything of it. But you see five of those people all in a circle, you're like, what the fuck's going on over there? It's just, it's just human interest, like something's going on. They're, what are they up to? What are they doing? It's men. It's mostly men. Do you worry about groups of women? I'll fuck up five women, bro. I'll tell you what. Once I hit one of those bitches, the rest of them are just going to start running. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> but five dudes can kill you. Yeah. Five dudes can beat you to death. You know, you got to be real careful with dudes, much more than with women. I mean, with some women, you got to worry about them, you know, but obviously. What is it about big groups, though, that we worry? We worry, you know, the government. I mean, if you want to really kind of trip out on how they handle that Waco thing, watch. uh, There's a documentary called Rules Rules of Engagement. Yeah, Rules of Engagement. And it's really interesting where it just shows really clearly that they murdered all those people. Yeah. And they rode over them. Remember the ATF like drove their shit over the burnt down wreckage yeah they they lit the houses on fire and drove over the houses with tanks yeah it's really barbaric i mean it was just savage and it was you know this is how they had been operating for the longest time but 
the age of VCRs is fairly recent, as is the age of the Internet is today. You know, we don't realize that there's a mentality of a bunch of people that were in charge many decades before VCRs and the ability to show video to almost anybody at any time. You know, that when VCRs came along, all of a sudden you can watch something again. You know, and you, right. can, you could go, what's going on here? And what's happening there? Yeah. Whereas before, they basically picked and choose what they broadcasted on television. Right. Once you had the ability to record things, and then tapes started, you know, f- passing around. And, and then, um, you know, in the, the, uh, the case of Waco, I think that was the early 90s, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Was it early 90s? I think so. Yeah. So they had, um, they had all these fucking people living on this one compound with weapons and the guy was banging all the wives that's how it always ends right the guy's yeah. always the guy's always banging somebody well yeah it turns yeah sex gets in there that like, sex worms its <clears throat> way in there if it's not already yeah. there and shit gets weird <sighs> wow what a, what a fucking weird thing i mean he made his, i mean he was like a martyr he like had this self-fulfilling plot prophecy yeah you know, he made himself out to be this jesus character and that they would all the government would come to attack him and how <laughs> glorious must it have been for him when the ATF was storming the compound and a gunfight was going on and bullets were going. Th- it's like, they're coming for me. Yeah. I'm too powerful. They're coming for me. He must have been like that, right? A crazy asshole. I mean, I'm sure he didn't want to die, but he must have been. But yeah, but that to go back to the question, it is a very strange thing that when these alternate societies spring up in our society, they're usually... Um, they usually go bad or they end up getting attacked. There's a standoff. It's a very strange thing. Our society does not tolerate alternative ways of living sprouting up inside of it. We want everyone to be living the same way. And anytime that stuff starts happening, the, uh, the officials get involved. Yeah, this tune in, drop out. No, it's not. No. Oh, yeah, that's like... That's that, scary. That was scary. You know, it's re- this. I'm reading this awesome book called The Harvard Psychedelic Club. Oh, that's the Timothy... That's, um, uh, what's his face? The Unabomber was involved in that, right? I but, didn't know that. I haven't gotten you, to that part. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's a different thing, but, but go on. Tell well, me. well, it's like um, Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert, who turned into Ram Dass, who I always talk about, and... Um, Andrew Wheel, the vitamin guy, you know that guy? The I've guy with the name. giant beard yes. and he sells vitamin products? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, the fucking story there is that uh, Timothy Leary goes to Mexico. Someone gives him mushrooms. He's never eaten mushrooms. He takes them, has this insane experience. He's a Harvard professor, so he thinks, oh, we need to study this. This is this could have huge implications as far as uh, psychotherapy goes. There's a, We could use this. So... He goes back to Harvard and starts the Harvard Psilocybin Project, which is where they're giving psilocybin to students and, well, they weren't supposed to be, but they're experimenting with psilocybin to induce mystical states of being. They're going into prisons with mushrooms and giving the, well, actually synthetic psilocybin, they're giving that to the prisoners. The prisoners are eating it with them. Like they would take, they would trip out on mushrooms with the prisoners to try to do therapy and... So um, Andrew Wheel fucking goes into one of their meetings where the staff is meeting about this and like writes a kind of negative news story in Harvard about how these professors have started a semi-cult and are giving psychedelics to their students. And this 
ended up in Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert getting kicked out of Harvard because like the Harvard newspaper and I don't, I don't remember the name of it was is read by like the president and stuff. And so they got uh, kicked out of Harvard and they went down to Mexico and were taking mushrooms. And um, this woman who used to whose husband used to be in the CIA was hanging out with them. And she told Timothy Leary, everybody's totally cool with you guys doing this as long as you keep it quiet. Like, don't be loud about this. And then, according to Timothy Leary, she called him, like, a, a few days before Kennedy died and told him he's, he's like, he, he's, uh, he's going to start talking about everything. And I'm really worried about the president. And then, like, a few days later, he got shot. That's according to Timothy Leary. But So you're saying that President Kennedy was doing acid. Well, President Kennedy came from Harvard. And, yes, according to this book, uh, uh, this woman who dated Timothy Leary supposedly went to this uh, Mexican pl to this uh, retreat or the hotel in Mexico, and, and as I recall, like um, you know, said that she wanted to get some LSD for someone who's too famous to talk about. <laughs> and uh, uh, that, so that that's an underground legend. Is that sounds like that bitch already said too much. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I ought to kidnap her and throw her in the basement until she tell me who the fuck that was. I know that's man. ridiculous. That's a useless bitch that's, right there. And that seems ridiculous. The whole story too much. Pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that story sounds like something that someone makes up when they work at like a resort. But you know, yeah. but you know hey. what's you know it's not ridiculous. Mike though? behind the counter's got a great story. So that's like some guy that does a lot of drugs and talks to dolphins. Wrote that. But the CIA was experimenting with LSD. Yeah, well, that was what I was going to bring up when I when you said. Uh, that I thought you were talking about Ted Kaczynski. You know, the CIA uh, did a, a bunch of studies in 1962 out of Harvard, and Ted Kaczynski volunteered for these studies, and they cooked his fucking brain, man. Right. They created the Unabomber. It's very, very likely they wow. created him. When he got out of there, he was absolutely convinced that there was some sort of a war going on between technology and us. And that he had to stop all these people from making technology. So what he did was he got a cabin in the woods in Montana. He worked for like five years as a professor just to save up the money, maybe three years as a professor, just to stay, save up enough money to fund his trip. And then he moved and just started this attack on all these professors and innovators and all these people that were involved in, in technology. But they cooked Mail him. Bombs. They cooked him, dude. It's crazy. They cooked him at Harvard, man. And that's not something that it's very. That's not very really well known, man. There's not, I mean, very no. few people have heard of that story. People have yeah. people have no idea about the history of uh, LSD at all. It's well, like, if you want to look online, look up um, the CIA doses French town because there was a, a town in France where it's been by the Freedom of Information Act. These papers have been released, and they found out that they did LSD studies on whole towns in France. They would dose the whole fucking village and watch people commit suicide, watch all kinds of crazy shit happen. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, you know, they've been doing shit on soldiers yeah. in the United States and Britain. There's, there's videos of uh, British troops all, all dosed up on LSD wandering Seen around. Seen it. It's fucking weird, It's man. amazing. And that was 10 years. They were doing it at Harvard uh, 10 years before Leary started uh, doing the experiments himself. Dude, you know what I saw that was hilarious? Speaking of old shit, I watched Flash Gordon on the plane. On the plane home from Toronto. The original? Dude. They have these little, you know, you can pick a TV show or a movie. And they have Flash Gordon episode one, two, and I don't know if there's more. 
it is amazing how bad it is. <laughs> I don't know what year that was. Do you know what year that was? No. Yeah. Let me look it up real quick because it was incredible. The, the, the special effects were awesome. They, they were so bad <laughs> that it looks like a show that's trying to fuck around. It looks like a show that like maybe Tim and Eric would do or the guys from South Park. If they really? made like, yeah. Did you see South Park? <laughs> Shit. 1936, that's when it is. Do you know how crazy that is? We're talking about 1936. And this is like pre-World War II, man. So they've got this fucking ridiculous <laughs> spaceship that is got sparklers, like like Fourth of July sparklers behind it, and it's on a string, and it's like swinging on a string with the sparkler shooting behind it, and the way it's operated, the inside, like what they thought a spaceship would be like, is in, it's insane. There's a guy in a seat. He's just sitting in a seat, and he's got like a periscope, just like you would have in a submarine, because they had submarines <laughs> back then. then. That's hilarious. Dude, there's no monitors. Yeah. There's no nothing. They're, they're going through space, and they don't even have monitors. They never envisioned monitors. <laughs> but back then, you were like buying every single oh, second. Oh, fuck, like, oh yeah. my god, that was so realistic. Dude, it is awesome. And I just looked up on IMDb. Apparently, there's a, a DVD set you can get. I fully recommend a stone session get stone as fuck and watch flash gordon it's gonna be awesome that's it's amazing it's amazing to think that that's even real that this was like this was a show or a movie rather where you know they were they were this was fucking legit yeah people would get fired up we're gonna go see flash gordon he's gonna beat that meeting lawrence list yeah you think so and then they'd <laughs> go in there and <laughs> that's hilarious buy their homemade coca-cola <laughs> I was watching old Twilight Zone, same thing. Not as bad as that, but Twilight Zone, like the old school series, they were, mostly had to do with astronauts and UFOs. Mm. Like it was the same, always about space stuff. Yeah. It's so weird that people bought that back in the day. I love the Twilight Zone. I love Zone. that too. I love, I love watching it. old Twilight Zones. Yeah. There's, you know what my favorite one is? Burgess Meredith, when it's the last man on earth and his He's, he's like in a bookstore, so he gets all these books, and he's so excited because that's all he wanted to do. People just bother him. He really just wanted to read books. Yeah. And so a nuclear bomb hits. Everybody's dead. And he's got all the books in the world to read, but he breaks his glasses. Oh, I remember that one, dude. Oh, it's so good. It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, that was really good. It was the good. perfect show. It was the perfect show. When, it was, when that episode was done, I was like, wow. The perfect show. They did a Twilight Zone where a pool, a pool hustler wanted to play the, the, the dead guy. And when he wins, he goes to hell. <laughs> and so he wins and he's guarding over the pool table waiting for the next guy because he wasted his whole life playing pool. That's his, that's his suffering. Those Twilight Zones were awesome. So good. How come there isn't a show like that now? Why don't, it's hard why to do, it? man. Every subject's been covered a billion times over. To be completely and totally original like that, like, wow. You're talking about, you know, millions and millions of shows. Fucking! How much stuff has been made since 1936? It's Amaz Buck Rogers or Flash Gordon. Do you Dude. remember Amazing Stories? They tried to redo kind of like yep. the same format. That was awesome. I never saw that. Amazing Stories was pretty good. Really? Too. It was like in the 80s. I love those Twilight Zone movies too. But then, of course, that one with John Landis had that horrible accident with that helicopter yeah, crash. That's crazy. Right? Yeah, well, Dude. cut a girl's head off. Yeah, yeah. decapitated. Dude, that is fuck. fucked up. Fuck movies with explosions and helicopters. Keep that shit away from me. The good news is they don't really have to do that anymore. 
because now they have CGI. They just, you know, fake the whole thing. They, yeah. don't, they don't, you know, in, in 2012, nobody really jumped a car over a fucking canyon. You know what I mean? They just had the, the whole thing was fake. So it's nice. You don't really have to risk your life for some shitty movie. Stuntmen are fucking crazy, man. Oh, dude, the, the craziest. I worked with those guys for years on Fear Factor. On Fear Factor, I worked with stunt guys. I knew a few guys from jujitsu. Um, my friend Will, who trained at Jean Jacques. I knew a couple other guys from there. Um, but uh, they're fucking animals. All of them have like, oh, this is metal. I got a fucking fake collarbone. And, you know, I got 18 stitches in, or 18 uh, plates in this hand. Have you seen the video of the, of the window washer in Lethal Weapon that is washing the window? And the like, basically it's a stunt that went wrong. And a car went through the wrong window. So there's these two stunt guys and they're like washing this window because they have the outtakes. And you see them like all of a sudden brace themselves. And one guy like jumps trying to get out of the way and a car just goes through a window smacks one of them knocks him backwards into the uh building he was fine he he wasn't fine he had to go to the hospital for a couple weeks i just met that guy fucking crazy is it in the video can you see it in the video yeah it's on the internet like Uh, look up lethal weapon like stuntman accident but (sighs) man he was such a cool guy it's like stuntmen are, are like a very specific type of person and it's like a job that sometimes passed down through families and stuff it's like a yeah you have to be really, really crazy to do that. <laughs> you got to be tough as fuck. Tough as Tate nails. Does Tate Fletcher has been doing that. He's been doing like all the Avenger movies. And oh, like it totally the... makes sense. But they're Perfect super. They're super careful. They're super careful, and they're like, um, they're. It's really interesting to see how how fastidious they are. But this guy was talking to him about the stunt. And uh, he just kept saying, you know, fire stunts are as safe as they could be. There's nothing safer than a fire stunt. I'd set my kids on fire. He kept saying <laughs> What that. the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's a guy who might be a little too confident with himself. I <laughs> know. I mean, you, I guess you have to be because if you're scared, if you're scared during one of these stunts and you spend any energy on fear, you're fucked. You'll, you'll get killed. I could never do that shit. Fuck that. Even that girl stunt. It's the, I can imagine being a girl doing that. The stunt women. Yeah, there's a lot of, lot of tough broads out there getting thrown out of the back of trucks. Yeah. The fall guy. Come on. Remember the fall guy? Yeah. Mr. You remember Alf? Alf? Joey Diaz. Alf gave... was a stuntman? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Joey, Joey... <laughs> I do remember Alf. <laughs> what was Alf? Alf was an alien. Alien. He liked so to weird. eat cats. Really? Yeah. How did that get through? I never watched an episode of Alf. I, I kind of pride really? myself in that. Oh, yeah. Is that how he talks? Yeah. Yeah. I remember it was a reference that hack comedians would do in the 80s. Yeah. Or the 90s, rather. Remember Max, he- Max Hedrum? How badass yeah. before the time was that guy? What was that all about? He was the guy that was like, hologram. Yeah. He was like a hologram. I, I, what was he supposed to be? Was he supposed to be a computer or something? Yeah, I what think was he, he was to a be? computer programmer. He lived in the computer. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Or was he? Or was he artificial intelligence? <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, it was like how I used to watch that show, the TV show. I remember I, was, I fucking loved it back in the day. It started off as a what a Pepsi commercial or something. Was it? Or... And then it became a show. Then it became a TV show. I saw that guy in some weird B movie one day. Oh, the guy that played that guy. Yeah. Huh. It was weird. I was like, no, no, no. You're Max Headroom. <laughs> right. You can't be some guy in some movie who's like a cop. You know, I think we've got a clue here. It was like a bad cop movie. I'm surprised they really haven't brought him back for like to sell iPads or something. You know? It's, Why don't you fucking make the pitch, do son? do it. Get that guy together. You know, today, with the technology that we have today, you actually could do that if you wanted to. You could just film it on a green, oh, yeah. screen, green screen of your own, throw it through your laptop. Sure. Can, Super easy. It's amazing. Super easy. So, so come, going back to this Flash Gordon thing, man, 
if you ever want to fucking, you ever need proof of evolution for knuckleheads, just look at Flash Gordon. Look at that from 1936 and look at us today in 2011. If you can't see that things are changing and moving in a certain direction, the complexity of the dialogue, the simplicity of it in the Flash Gordon movie as compared to like what you, we're having in this conversation right here, we're two totally different human beings. Right. I mean, these people were, I don't know if they were incredibly naive or if just the, if it was that the cinema was so na- new and naive that it could be stupid and fake because no, everyone sort of accepted it. You know what I mean? Like when they saw those old King Kong movies, like I love the first, I love all the King Kong movies, but the first one was pretty badass. but it's so fake looking. It's so bad. If you go and watch it now, you're like, whoa, what? Mm-hmm. But back then they knew. You know, they knew it was going to, it was good for them. I was like, wow, I can't believe that that's the monster. You know, they didn't have anything to compare it to. They knew it didn't look real, but they were still impressed. Like, that King Kong's a hell of a monster. What a great movie. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. It's like, you know, it's like 3D. Look how much 3D's evolved. But when you first went to, when I went to see Jaws 3D when it came out (laughs) and wore those red and blue glasses, I was like, oh my God, holy shit, this is incredible. Like, there was one scene where a needle came out of the screen and it was just like, whoa, that's crazy. But so I was just happy. I didn't care about, I didn't know that there could be better 3, 3D than that. I was just blown away. So it must have been the same thing. It's kind of weird how it took a long time before 3D made a comeback. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it really made a comeback either. Well, dude, Avatar, in my opinion, it made a comeback. Yeah. When I saw it in IMAX 3D, that's like an experience, man. Yeah. It, I had a smile on my face that whole movie. Yeah. And when I heard all these people that were like, oh, that movie sucked, the plot was very transparent. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> shut up, stupid. How could you not enjoy that? Oh, you're telling me the big blue aliens aren't real? Whoa, <laughs> get out of here. Right. No, were people like, after Avatar, people were reporting depression? Like because because yeah. they like, avatar depression. Yeah, yeah it was a real thing. Yeah, it's a fucking it's life online. is not. There's no color in after avatar. <laughs> I wonder how it's recognized. I wonder if like psychologists are behind it. Av- you, well, you have avatar depression. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you've got a bad case of avatar depression. Dude, that's not that's not outside the realm of possibility. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I, I know the depression that comes from. Um, playing a really awesome video game and then going out into the world <laughs> you know what i mean like there we're, is a- we're driving here and we go by, we go by this mountain of rocks and he, he looks out the window and he goes oh that's like what what is that ogremar ogremar world from world of warcraft reminds me of a fantasy uh, environment what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> Well, I just got this iMac. I just got this, like, giant iMac, like, the biggest monitor I've ever had. So I was like, well... Aren't those awesome? I've got to see no, what world... No, they of- suck. Mine died today. Yeah, but it's probably just a hard drive. No, hope not. Oh, God. I, you got to back your shit up, dude. You got to back know. up? Huh? They're, they're, no. aw- they're awesome. You don't have things backed not up? That, not that computer. Because I use that computer just for audio, like... You know, for podcast and Dude, audio. How hard is it to slap a fucking one terabyte drive on it? I have fourteen time terabyte full drives. I just keep on running out of hard drive space. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it fucking sucks. That shit needs to go away. What happened to? I remember when I worked at Gateway Computers. I don't know if we talked about this. Anyway, the, he's telling yeah. about his right. iMac. It is awesome. Yeah, I know you're saying that your shit died, but yeah. it is awesome. And what were you gonna say about that? I you was gonna it? say, 
it's like a fucking window into an alternate universe. When you've got a really good video game and you're looking at it, it's like these, I think the word video games got to go down the tubes, man, because you, 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 someone hears you say, I love to play video games. They're like, you fucking nerd. But it's like, because, <laughs> you know, it's like, but what, what it's turning into, it's not really, it's going to get to the point where it's not video games anymore, where it's something else. Like, I feel like it's like World of Warcraft, uh, Starcraft. All these like a portal. What were this is the very first surge of water and this virtual tsunami that's about to come subjectively sweeping over everyone. Because that thing you say about like maybe our neurology can't resist movies because it's so overpowering. Yeah. It's like I think that there's gonna be some truth to that because these games are missing a few components. And this is this is what I think of when I'm stone playing World of Warcraft. If I could smell like if there was a sense of smell involved in this, and also they've made if that. there was a sense yeah. of like yeah, I mean it's they've made machines that do that, and I don't think I it think it's going to have to be a mind thing. It's a mind of a thing, ma- machine thing. I it, think it's going to have to be. It's going to be able to stimulate some part of your mind. To give you send, smells. Yeah, like maybe you can wear some. Maybe everyone's going to have to shave their head, like real players. If you you know yeah. You're gonna have to do like a horizontal mohawk thing, real. That's how you know, like this dude's legit. Yeah, dude. he doesn't give a fuck. Goes out to the club sure. with this big stripe shaved down his head, and then you put this thing on skin to skin on your head. Yeah, and it it has precise, like you line it up on the video game. It'll show you how to line it up with the exact cortex, yeah. exact portion of your brain, and then it sends signals that show you like burning meat smell and show yeah. you. Yeah, you know? and then you, but then you know what else it does? While you're and this is really weird. While you're playing the game. It erases your memory of your previous life. So the moment that thing goes on, you have no more past. You're just the memories of the character in the game, rushing through the game, playing the game, completely unaware of the fact that you used to exist as a person. Dude. And then you know what happens? You're doing a podcast. You're like, oh, fuck, man, my heart feels weird. And you suddenly wake up in your futuristic apartment and you're like oh man that game was awesome so was right now playing. we're playing a game <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah like that well a lot of people say this could be like some alien simulation you know that we're just an alien involved in a really high-powered super advanced badass video game called planet experience the lives of billions of people all individually i wrote something once about maybe the life that we're living maybe the reason why it seems so fake is because it is fake and what we are in is some sort of a reality simulation of the roaring 20s of the technological age. Yeah. Like maybe we live in some time where everything is all scented candles and perfectly lit white rooms sure. and no one has a muscle car and no one's getting their dick sucked. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe there's like a simulator that you can run where you run where it's just chaos, but like chaos Sims. that's entertaining as fuck. It's like every time you turn around, there's some new thing. Christina Aguilera fucking up the national anthem. Two billion people tuning into the wedding. There's constant th- shit going on to keep you entertained. And you are you are in this biological ride canister. Yeah. And you're going through this thing. Yeah. You, you're in this, you're, your portal to this ride is your skin yeah. and your flesh. That's right. Pops it pops through into this dimension, and you know, and it sounds like you're advocating fantasy. It sounds like you're advocating 
well, you know, so you want to look at your life as if, if it's some sort of a simulation sure. and just live it as a simulation? Absolutely. Well, no, I'm just saying, yeah, I'm saying, yes, I am yeah, saying that. Yeah, why not, right? It's very empowering. Yeah. I well, think the first yeah. person I ever heard suggest that was McKenna. I think McKenna was talking about, uh, view, how did he say it? He was, and he was quoting someone else, so I'm doing a third-hand quote. But he said, you should view your life as, how did he say it? As a conspiracy, or as uh, view your life as it's as it's as if the world is run by a select group of people, and that pe group of people is you and your friends. Yeah. That you're 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 somehow or another secretly in charge with running the world and running the universe. You're the most important things in the universe, just you and your friends, because it's the most empowering way to view the world. Well, yeah, because what's the <laughs> yeah? Because what's the other side? The other side of it is this kind of like pseudo empathy for like strangers that you don't know. Like so many people wander through their day just frothing with terror over whatever they've seen on the news, and so for them the world's awful. But then their real situation is usually pretty good. Yeah, you know, like the, it's like a fucking uh, Bill Hicks has that awesome joke about like CNN. CNN, watch the news, yeah. and then outside it's like beautiful, and the yeah. grass is growing. Right. So there's this mental pollution that comes pouring out of every information device that we have, and that like corrupts your mind, and you begin to think you're in a horror story when your real reality is one that's usually quite pleasant. Or Dude, this theme has been going back and forth with me over the last couple of weeks. I was talking about it even on stage in Canada that I don't think and I think it goes along with the same uh, thing that we were talking about as far as us not being able to process films and what, you know movies and that what, what I was saying with that was that movies for, for those people who've never heard it before I think that human beings are set up to imitate their atmosphere and we're set up to find the alpha and follow him because he's the old leader and you know he's the guy with the broadsword that has the most nicks in it and, and he's experienced things and you can learn from him and so we, so we follow him that we don't we we're set up to imitate our atmosphere but we don't know when our atmosphere is bullshit those same signals all of a sudden we're getting them from a hundred foot screen and right. and and we're sitting there in IMAX surround sound and the hero every time he comes on screen he says the exact right thing because he's got a fucking team of writers and they've been working yeah. on it for weeks and there's music plays every time he's in the room and you get just drawn into this thing where it's it's incredibly influential like almost more so than real life yeah and I don't think we're set up to to process that I think we're set up to process the natural world. Well, I mean, that's and this is along the same lines as that, right? Mm -hmm. I think when, yeah. when you look at the news and there's terrible things going on all over the world, I don't think we're set up to process the world. We're set up to process our fucking neighborhood. Right. The, the, the universe, the world, is a chaotic fucking place. And the key is, when somewhere sucks, you got to get the fuck out of there. That's how people got to America in the first place. That's why people crossed the Bering Strait when they came over from Asia. Every pe people are, we are nomadic for a reason. It's because the world is spinning around a fucking nuclear explosion, and sometimes it gets a little too far away, and when it does, everything freezes to death. Okay, so you got to move around. you got to keep moving. And I think... We are, we, we are supposed to be in a good spot and surround ourselves with a bunch of good people, but we can't be looking at the whole goddamn thing all at once. The whole six to seven billion people yeah. all over the world. Yeah, everywhere you go, you're going to see bombs going off and people getting shot and planes dropping fucking missiles out of the sky onto the wrong building. And you yeah. know, you're going to see that everywhere because there's so fucking many of us. You're not supposed to be monitoring the whole thing. Well, it, it messes up the, 
uh, paradigm people are enjoying, and, and that paradigm is its own little virtual reality game. It's like they, you know, people live in denial of death. They live in denial of the impermanence of everything. They live in the denial uh, of their uh, of, of the fact that you will not be able to hold on to anything. Ownership is a complete illusion. You can't really own anything. There's no such thing as a, as countries. Well, you can hold on to it for a little bit. Yeah, there are can... countries because if you go over there, you gotta have a passport. Well, yeah, but those countries <laughs> they can lock you But up. those aren't those countries are in these are what's happening is people are enforcing in visible things right but they are enforcing them well yeah but that there's for here let me give you for example there's law take the law of gravity the law of gravity does not need police officers to make sure that the law of gravity works if you jump off a cliff it's not like you land at the bottom you're okay and cops come and arrest you and say you just broke the law of gravity we're gonna have to kill you the law of gravity kills you right the human laws on the other hand these are laws that that aren't real except from the enforcement of human beings and from things written down on paper. But they aren't, it's not real in the sense of the law of gravity. And as uh, society shifted throughout time, these laws have changed too. So they're impermanent and they're always, I mean, God, there used to be uh, bathrooms for black people. You know what I mean? That was a real law. That was a real thing. And that, that law is not real. That law doesn't exist on the planet. There's no underlying uh, mechanism uh, I see what physics. you're saying, but it seems to me this is like an argument of semantics. It's like, what is the definition of the word law? I, I see what you're saying, but the reality is laws exist. If you go to Turkey and you have heroin strapped to your back and they catch you, they put you in a cage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, no, I don't people, know. People... It's there's social engineering. The, the 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 real question is is that social engineering is it valid? You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, no. I think many many times the social engineering is not. But that's what all the laws are, right? Well, when you agree, they're all social engineering. You that, know, don't when, do heroin because we don't want heroin users. Don't. Well, you know. the idea would be, I think, that laws like good laws would be laws that were a natural expression of a kind of uh, metaphysical function of the universe. So You certain- say that, man, but then you've got to realize the nature of man. Man is a violent, fucking crazy animal. And if you want to allow the nature of man to express itself in, in, a, in, a, in a truly unfettered way, you can have a lot of violence, man. Yeah, it's called the United States. I mean, look at what's happening. This is the nature of man being allowed to express itself in an unfettered way. It's just being mm. done from... It's being done from from a, a, on a massive global level. I agree and I disagree because as individuals, no. As individuals, most of the day is filled with very little violence in comparison to what life would have been like 10,000 years ago. Life 10,000 years ago, by the time you got to be our age, you were missing a hand or something. There's some fucking arrow holes in you. Yeah. you know I mean, <laughs> if you made it through, you had a giant fucking machete mark in your head. You were experiencing violence at, around every t- corner just to stay alive. I think, you know, laws and all the things that are in place that a lot of people wouldn't agree with, you know, even some drug smuggling laws. I think you need some sort of regulation on these assholes that want to come in here and, and sell poisonous shit that makes you addicted to well, it. No, the, you know? or, uh, another way to look at it might be with your child. You've got certain rules that you have with your with, with kids where you have to tell them not to go into the med- medicine cabinet and eat these things because they can't regulate themselves and they'll, they'll die from it. And right. Those laws are obviously necessary necessary and they're they're good right but what i'm saying is there's so many uh laws that 
aren't necessary. You yes, know, we're, we're in agreement on that. I think, and it's for thing. profit too. You know, the, it's laws that are designed to. Yeah, we are in agreement on that to to rake money in to you know the prison industrial complex. It's it's these are a lot of these laws help make a lot of people a lot of money. And when you say prison industrial complex, a lot of people are not going to understand that statement. So just tell people what the fuck that is. Well, the, well, basically, you know, running a prison is a business. And what people don't know is that a huge percentage of the prisons in this country are private. They're owned. They're companies. And they profit. They make money off of how many people are in prison. I mean, it's to even hear that and think that somehow, somehow that got passed and they allowed that. Yeah. And we were talking about slavery earlier. I mean, how is that any different than owning people? Yeah, they fucked up before they became slaves. But then once they fucked up, they became slaves. And you're making money off of them. You make yeah. money off them being in there. You, try, you charge more you know, to pay based on how many are in there. I heard this statistic. There are now more black people in prison than there were slaves. Now, I don't know if that's true oh, or it's not. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah, I read that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean... And, 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 like, how many of those people in prison are there for doing something really awful? Like, what's the percentage of violent crimes versus nonviolent offenders? And then, because, like, the people who are in there for, like, rape and beating people and doing crazy shit, of course, they should be behind bars. There needs to be some justice invoked because some people can't defend themselves, obviously. But people who are in jail because they smoke some weed in their car... Is this this is not all prisons though, right? Because I mean, aren't they always saying that prisons uh, are turning away people because you know they just some don't have enough? Are, yeah, some are overcrowded. But there's a lot. There's like county prisons and there's there's different prisons. You know, I don't know what percentage. It's not all pr- prisons. All of them yeah, are private. Yeah, because it couldn't be. But it's a huge number. It's a huge number. And they're making new ones all the time. The, the, the fucking when the economy goes south, man, people start going to crime. It's just how yeah. it goes. I mean, it's, it's normal. I don't know what the increase in crime has been since the economy went to shit, but it's got to be a couple percent or something. I mean, it's yeah, just what happens. Sure. Totally. And that to them, that's that's numbers, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Yeah. Just stuff them in those cages and, and start raking in the cash. That's it's just right. it's so weird to know that that's a real thing. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's a form of vampirism, you know? You're basically, like, sucking people's life energies out of them, converting it into money, and then using that money to, like, buy nice things for your beautiful wife. I can't tell you how much I'm disappointed in Obama as a spokesman, as a, as a representative of us. And, you know, not, I don't know what's going on in the world. I don't know exactly what happened with Osama bin Laden or any of this, why we're bombing Pakistan, why we're involved in, I don't know. Who knows? Might be for our own benefit. How come this motherfucker, a guy who came from a single mom, how come he can't step up and figure out some way to get people to put funding into horrible neighborhoods to try to make the system better? to try to get more cops into those neighborhoods, to try to get more teachers into the schools that are more qualified, to pay them more, to set up community outreach programs for kids who don't have fathers and set up like, you know, yeah. mentoring things, and, you know, like local clubs where they can play sports and, you know, they can have friends and where they have something to fucking look forward to and you will create an infinitely better country, right. infinitely better. Because our number one problem is people who suck. And a lot of people who suck just need, needed love. They needed something. They needed guidance. They needed, they need, and I'm not saying we're supposed to be nanny state in the world, but I am saying there's a certain amount of people that are born in this country for sure are going to be fucked. Why can't we help them? Why, if you really wanted to make this world better, wouldn't that be one of the first things you do? And in comparison to how much fucking money we spend just 
blowing shit up in a bunch of places where we're never going to go. Yeah. Compared to that, the fucking money would be nothing. There's an article in Salon.com which addresses the point you're saying. It's there today, I believe, that says that uh, if instead of the money it cost us to kill bin Laden, would have paid for college and free health care for everyone in the country. God damn. It just doesn't seem right. <laughs> it's so fucked up. It's, it's, but it's off. true. It's just because the, the military-industrial complex has a huge influence on what happens in this country. It's what Eisenhower warned about when he left office in that famous speech. And that's just the way it goes, man. It is the reality. And that reality, despite WikiLeaks, despite anything that gets released about any fucked up thing that happens in the world, it still seems to keep moving in the same direction. doesn't seem to be any, any, any changing yeah, it, it definitely doesn't. I, I mean, well, you can't change. I mean, the, the way to change it, it almost changed. It almost changed. The, the summer of love, when people were fucking blasted on psychedelics, things, la, 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 things were changing. La, 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 there was a shift, man. There was a real shift happening. Then everybody got on speed and the shit became illegal. And now we're all like self-absorbed lunatics. You know, we're all individually only taking care of ourselves. Our minds are focused 100% on getting to work on time. And that's one of the fun, most interesting things to do during rush hour is look around at all the people in the cars and you'll just see people in a dream sleepwalking. They're all asleep and the dream they're living in is that they're the only person on the planet. That's all there is, just them, nothing else. And we've all trained ourselves to not even look at each other. To not even say hello. You want to freak somebody out these days, all you have to do is go say, good morning. In Los Angeles. I don't know, man. It's completely it's, different, man. Yeah, when I went back to Columbus, Angeles. Ohio, it was just like high, high but, everywhere yeah. I went. But go to, go, to an, go to an airport. Columbus is super friendly. But I'm saying there's, a, there's a, a, a program thing inside of us that is not – we're not acknowledging each other at the level that we need to. And the internet's yeah. changed that to some degree. It's opened up more lines of dialogue between people. But one of – so what I'm saying is the reason this isn't changing is because we're not changing. We're we're moving more and more into ourselves instead of connecting with people around us. And um, during the 60s, psychedelics, they, we all know they have an effect that causes a kind of weird connect, empathy to come, come into your uh, mind. And a, a weird connection can happen uh, when you're around people and you feel connected to the whole universe. You feel like, I'm not just me. I'm a representative of an infinite field of energy, you know, and, and people have forgotten this. And so because of that, we're all living like people are learning it again. I think right now, more so than any time in my life, I hear psychedelic discussion more than at any time in my life. Mm -hmm. There's a, a big, 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 big difference between now and, say, when I started comedy, like 1994. People would occasionally joke about doing mushrooms. Ha ha, what is he doing, mushrooms? Ha ha. Yeah. You know, but no one was, like, coming home with trip reports. You know, Chris Marcus, our buddy Chris from The Flashlight, he, he went on a little vacation the other day and, and was telling me how beautiful it was. And, you, you know, you come back as a, a better person, man. You come back as literally, like I said this on stage about the guy who's got those, those um, billboards. It says May 21st, Jesus is coming. And I'm like, on May 22nd, we're going to find that fuck and we're going to force feed him mushrooms. <laughs> and I'm like, because Jesus is coming. How you did can he see so Jesus. <laughs> you can see Jesus and He's Buddha and mouth. Santa Claus. You can see anything that anyone ever thought of ever, plus stuff you could have never imagined. You can see Jesus. You yeah. literally can see Jesus. Take seven grams. Take seven grams of mushrooms. You'll see Jesus. Don't they say in the Bible that there's going to be many false prophets and that, that the day will – no one will ever know the day it's just going to come? Yeah. You know what else they said? Women are second-class citizens and they condone slavery. The That's Bible is a silly book. Uh -huh. 
You know, everybody would go crazy about the Bible, man. The Bible, but it's in the Bible. I live my life by the Bible, but I'm... Listen, here's the bottom line about the Bible. You're not even reading the Bible, stupid. What you're reading is a version of the Bible that was translated first into Latin, then into Greek. The ancient Hebrew version of the Bible, they don't even know all the words. They only know a certain percentage of the words in ancient Hebrew. Like, they literally don't know what the words mean. And part of it's because letters were also numbers in ancient Hebrew. Like, the letter A is also the number one. So, like, there was a certain numerical value to words that we don't understand. Stand. Right. You're getting the, the interpretation is the worst version of the grapevine ever. And then on top of that, the oldest version of the Bible, which is the Dead Sea Scrolls, is so fucking crazy that they don't even use it. Yeah. It's just so filled with these vague stories of, of trips and UFOs and visitations yeah. and all sorts of nutty shit. That doesn't because work. According to John Marco Allegro, the, what the Dead Sea Scrolls is all about was them hiding their history of psychedelic mushroom use yeah. and they were trying to hide it from the Romans in stories and the older you go back in these stories the more you get to the original version of the story and that that's what it was all about these guys were tripping their balls off and it totally makes sense if you were a bunch of idiots that was living you know 7,000 years ago or whatever the fuck they were and you know you're, you're living with your stupid leather shoes you got all sewn on you and you know you got some goofy ass hemp clothing on you know you're a dope you don't know what's going on you look at the stars every night and you wonder when the gods are gonna rain fire from the sky and then you've stumbled across some mushrooms and you, and you, you ate them and, and, and ate way too many and had some insane, super psychedelic wind tunnel vortex tornado <laughs> experience where the whole universe is like a giant ball of yarn and each strand of the ball is like hyper-segmented with billions of planets and lives and trees and water and you can see that for five or six hours and then come back. You're, gonna, you're not going to want the Romans to know about that shit, man. You're going to want to hide all that stuff. That's what the Bible really is. What the Bible is is a trip report. Yeah. That's what the Bible is. And that's really important, man. And, and, and that's, the, that's an important thing for people to know. And that's, the, I think, the, the, the where things have gone wrong. Because one cool thing about the people who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls, whoever the fuck they were, is that they were, were courageous enough to try to express that experience as though it were, were a reality. And now, when people take a psychedelic, they mark it off as some kind of dream or an imaginary thing that happened to them that's not real. So they pretend that this alternate dimension that seems to exist and exactly on top of ours and is filled with hyperdimensional, super-intelligent beings that throughout time have been called aliens or angels or elves or dwarfs or whatever the fact that it the fact that these people tried to articulate that they tried to bring something back from that place here and just the effect of bringing the 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 a close linguistic description of that place onto this planet look at the fucking change it caused it created a religion we date time based on that our current the way we look at time is after jesus's birth all that stuff, it's like the the power that comes from being able to swim out into the uh, hypersonic waters of the psychedelic experience. Keep your fucking head about you. 
look at what you're seeing. Try to understand it in a logical way instead of being like, I'm partying. Try to understand it. What is this? Is this a projection of what's inside of you? Or are you seeing something that's really there? And if you're seeing something that's really there, what are those symbols you're looking at? What are those? Is that Mayan? Is that Sanskrit? What is that? And the more you try to understand that and really get the message, because there is a message over there. We've all heard it. You've heard it. I've heard it. The message is, the universe loves you and you're fine and everything's going to be fine. Don't be scared. Try to spread love. Be positive. Embrace the world. Embrace your fucking neighbors and let go of the fear that's ruining your life. That's the message. That message gets interpreted in a bunch of different ways. Buddhism, Christianity, whatever. But it's not like people are supposed to stop bringing that message back. That's the thing. Well, people don't want to accept that that's where that message comes from. There's a lot of people when you connect something to the idea of it coming from a mushroom or any type of drug ayahuasca whatever it inherently devalues the experience like i uh, i didn't listen to it but apparently robin quivers from this howard stern show went to peru and i heard a lot of talk about it but you know when i'm in my car i never know what episode i'm listening to i, I didn't catch that one you know um but apparently she went to peru to engage in an ayahuasca ceremony and they were giving her a hard time because she's like a vegan they're like what you won't even drink milk and you'll take this fucking shit which is very funny <laughs> But, um, but you know, a lot of people, they were poo-poo in her experience. And um, that experience, the ayahuasca experience, the mushroom experience, you know, everybody, everybody that is religious wants to believe in God. What I'm telling you is that I can show you something that represents God. For sure. You can meet what God is. And I'm not saying it's God you're meeting, but you can meet what God is. What God is, is perfect and all-knowing and all-embracing and loving and wise and, and constantly around you all the time. Well, when you take mushrooms, that's what you feel. Yeah. That's what you feel. You really feel God. And I'm not saying that is God that you're communicating with or what God is or what, what, the, what the, even the, the concept of God. When you say God, all of a sudden it's this male hierarchy uh, point, of, you know, point of reference where you think of like one alpha that controls all. No way. But it's not that. It's, God is m more like everything. It's, a, it's like a super dimensional glob of... It's everything. Brilliance and intelligence. It's this, it's always, and also it's, it's constantly changing. That's the other thing. Like it's, it's like trying to even talk about it. It's like trying to talk about like a spinning slot machine. It's like, it's constantly like morphing and shifting and it's so fucking potent, whatever it is that we're runoffs of it. Like when you see water running down your windshield and like streams of water will break into little globs of right. water. That's what we are. We're just little broken off globs of super intelligence that have taken on these personalities and think that we're individuals. And you know what else breaks off from that fucking thing? Elves. Hyperdimensional things that aren't necessarily out to love you. And like, there really is like, there are beings out there that are, um, I don't know, man, like super intelligent toddlers. I think McKenna talked about it. They're like, they're like baby God or something. Okay. Like Here's uh, the devil's advocate point of view. Please. How do you not know that those thoughts, those demons, just represent thoughts in your mind? And perhaps what that experience is entirely is you contacting your own thoughts and ideas and dreams and hopes and expression without the context of reality. 
attached to them. Sure. So without the idea of, you know, what you did that you're embarrassed about that made you weird about your underwear when you were 13, you know, instead yeah. of that, maybe it manifests itself in almost a living thing. Almost, you know, that yeah, all... Yeah, sure. Projection. So when you're seeing these, when you're saying sure. there are beings out there that are fucking with you, maybe those are things that you've let grow in your mind. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that that's the modern take on it. And I think that that's one useful handle to like get a get get to, to like grab a hold of an idea like have that. you considered that when you were in there when you when you you said you had experience oh recently. like these are projection mechanisms that this the yeah that what you're seeing literally sure. is like that thoughts are live they're they're real things that they look have yeah. you ever heard the possibility i mean the uh, discussion rather of the idea that aliens will come through the mind and that they're not going to manifest themselves sure. in a real form and that when you think of the imagination or when you think of dreams and what we have is some weird slippery sort of experience that we can't completely control but what if that dimension of dreams that sleep dimension that you tap into when all your neurochemistry starts flowing between the blood brain barrier while you're in sure. heavy REM sleep what if that is in fact another dimension what if that is in fact a world and that is where aliens will contact you through they will contact you through this spiritual dimension instead of a physical dimension. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, and if you think about taking mushrooms and these, these elves show up, it is possible that negative things that you've created in your own life shitty choices or bad energy that you've set forth and then nurtured and, and repressed and put it yeah. down and tried to deny it and all these different things that people do to sort of rationalize creepy things that they do in their lives. Sure. What if those things manifest themselves as living organisms in the free pool of your mind? Yeah, you know, that's actually, I think, fucking Carl Jung said that exact same thing. That you I met just... Carl Jung this weekend. No, you didn't. I met a crazy guy who took 6.8 <laughs> grams of mushrooms and told me he was Carl Jung. <laughs> this guy comes up to me and he goes, he goes I, I need to talk to you. I have information that I'm sure you don't know about. I go, how can you be sure? And he goes, I just know. I just know. I just know. I tried to talk to Brian Redband about it, but he replied to my email with some stupid joke. Oh. I go, that sounds like Brian. I, was, I, was, I want to give you knuckles for that. So, and then, and then homeboy goes, I really, I, I've been doing psychedelic research. I need to get this information for you. I, listen, it's going to sound crazy. I used to be in another life. I was Carl Jung. I go, how can you be sure? Oh. And he goes, I've seen things that you've never seen. I go, how can you know that? This is ridiculous. I go, you're too confident, son. Get out of here. Oh. And I kicked him out I of remember there. that guy. That was, Do you remember yeah, him? Yeah, I got to find that email. That, yeah. That's crazy. I talked about him on the podcast on the plane with Sam Tripoli. I did, but that podcast might suck. I'm not even going to release it. I might not release it because we were both hungover and tired and we were talking about stupid shit. So I'm not sure. If I'm still will. hungover from fucking Joey Diaz giving me a banana cake yeah I got a text from Brian in capital letters do not eat Joey Diaz's <laughs> banana bread you can never eat edible marijuana that Joey Diaz gives no. you unless you have Thorazine on hand don't take that stuff <laughs> unless you have a fucking a big needle. hypodermic filled with <laughs> yeah. adrenaline just that you could stuff into your chest stick to in your juggler you... <laughs> vein just <laughs> oh dude Joey Diaz gave me uh, um, once gave me like some breath strips I guess this is the first time I'd taken breath strips and he was like eat two of these and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like no. Did he really tell you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't tell anybody ever to take yeah. more than a quarter. I hold their hand. I go, dude, listen to me, bro. Listen to me. I love you. Don't take more than a quarter. Well, see, <laughs> Joey likes the torture. Knowing people. Joey Diaz, <laughs> yeah. that's what I did. I only took half of one of these, knowing him, and I was driving home on the interstate and uh, was like, well, it's it's definitely the apocalypse. Uh, <laughs> world is ending i see that clearly now i'm in the last days and uh and um 
there was a McDonald's and I was going to stop my car and run to the McDonald's to get a burger because traffic wasn't moving. That's how bad the logic was working in my mind. I'll just get a fucking, I know I can make it there to get a Diet Coke and back. But anyway, I get home. I'm having the most terrible marijuana trip. I'm laying in bed. I'm like, oh my God, the world's in my heart's pounding. Phone rings. Phone rings. Joey Diaz. I answer it. He's like, welcome to my house, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so he thought you took all two of them. He no, you he knew the. He no, knew he'd only he take a quarter. Yeah, he, I suppose he just surmised that. He's so crazy. Yeah. One of his buddies uh, got the, the listerine, uh, the acid thing, and there was like a few of them in there, and I guess they all melted together. Do you remember that? <gasps> I did that. I did that once. Ooh. And the mm. guy took like a bunch of them. Oh. He never did. He never smoked weed. He never Ooh. ate weed, and he was like his first time trying it. So Joey, you know, gave him some, and it, there was like a lot in there, and they had melted together in the one. He had a massive guy. panic attack. Yeah, I think the guy called in the ambulance. Yeah, he called 911. Yeah. He had a panic attack. Yeah, we see that's the thing, man. There needs to be a special 911 like when you press a button on your phone when you get directed like, "Have you eaten edible marijuana?" Press yes, one and beep. it's just it's and then just it takes Jerry you Garcia and it's just someone who can calm you down. Yeah. <laughs> it's just music song. Well, what people don't realize is that there's cannabinoid receptors in your mind that are uh, established for, for two things. They come out during like runner's high and you're, you know, and, and some other things, but also they're there to like to receive marijuana. They're the Receive to receive all the shit that's in marijuana. It, marijuana easily could be responsible for human behavioral development. Sure, it could easily. We could have a long time ago have had some sort of a symbiotic relationship with marijuana. I mean, you look at the characteristics that it's all about, like being loving. It makes people kinder and friendlier and sillier and less threatening and and, and more insecure. So yeah. it makes you like less cocky. Yeah, you know, it's all like good things for society. You know, and, and the human use of it has gone. I was at this. Oh, God, I got to tell you about this. I know the history of cannabis because I was at a place in Toronto. They had a, I went to this nutty fucking place. It is Valhalla for pothead comedians. <laughs> it's a head shop. And in the back room, they have a comedy club. Oh, cool. Dude, it's called Clend. Uh, I probably shouldn't say what it's called. I think it's on the DL. But anyway, you go there and they have this big thing, the history of cannabis, 4,000 years old evidence of cannabis use in China. And it goes like throughout human history, how long people have been using marijuana and they're selling bongs, they're selling like pipes and shit. And then you go into the back room and they have a comedy club. That's cool. They have a comedy club, dude. And you go on stage and every I went on stage and sparked up a joint immediately when I got it. It's a full mm -hmm. hot box. You can't see the back wow. of the room. It's filled with weed smoke. And the whole time I was on stage, I did like an hour. The whole time I'm up there, dudes are hitting the bong and they're they're passing joints. And it's fucking crazy. Was it too much? Like too much Way smoke? Way too much. My voice. That's one of the reasons why I'm coughing today, oh, I think. Sam. it was. I'm just breathing in that. Uh, yeah, that's what Sam, Sam, Sam totally lost his voice almost. He's like. Yeah, yeah, that motherfucker needs ventilation for sure. <laughs> but it, my voice was like really hot and red. But it didn't affect me the next night when I did the UFC. It didn't bother me at all. Hmm. But it was hot and and like I remember getting out of there, going, God, I got to go outside and breathe. And then the cool air of I mean, literally, there was no oxygen in the room. It was just pot smoke. It was fucking crazy. And the way Toronto is right now, apparently there's some sort of a situation where they had a law to make it illegal, but the law was ruled unconstitutional. So now in the 90 days between the, the next revision of the law, it's basically in limbo. So it's like it's legal. pot's sort of legal, sort of. You know what I mean? Like they could probably bust your balls if they wanted to and lock you up and it would, you'd... You know, who knows? Dude, did they, at the history of marijuana uh, thing, did they talk about the white mummies in white China? White mummies? What does that know? In fucking 
China, they found these white mummies that the Caucasian mummies. Oh, yeah. you know about that? They had right. like blonde hair and they had fucking weed on them. Yes. Yes. And they were like tall. Yeah. Tall yeah. Caucasian mummies. Yeah. With marijuana. And what, yeah. what year was that dated to? Um, I, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I'll fuck it up. I said, like 3,000 years. It was a long, long time ago. But the funny thing is, on the internet, you can look it up. There's a National Geographic thing about these mummies. And there's a scientist uh, being like, um, I don't like saying this, but there was marijuana on those mummies. <sighs> Like it's what a really, fool. it's like what a fool he is. I don't like saying that. Yeah, I don't know. How and, could people? Why are people so reluctant to admit the positive effects that all these or the effects the, the the need that people have for all these different intoxicants? Why is it? I mean, why is it so mainstream to dismiss it? Is that some Nancy Reagan shit that's still yeah. left over? I, I, well, mm. I think it's older than that. I mean, God, we could, like, isn't it like the people who came over here for, in the beginning were super religious and they had all these like ideas about sex and uh, uh, intoxication that were really super strict and were their distant ancestors and somehow that line of guilt still remains where if people like i only drink after 5 p.m i'll only smoke marijuana after 4 20 you know they said all these things because like you can't you're not supposed to be in an intoxicated state more than a little bit and if you are then you've got a drug problem i must have a drug problem when it's isn't it isn't it possible that not all drugs are exactly the same. You know, isn't it possible that you don't put everything under the umbrella of drugs? So what's holding it back? Do you think it, the people that are holding it back, I've always said no one needs pot more than the guy who wants pot to be illegal. Right. You know, no one needs acid more than the guy who wants to make acid illegal. Sure. No one needs mushroom, you know, down the line. It's, it's so simple. So how is it still in a situation the way it is in today in 2011 with all the information that we have? It still never gets stopped. And there's a feeling of helplessness about that. Well, you know, they have reopened tests into uh, MDMA and psilocybin, uh, the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. Mm -hmm. You can go to their website. Um, they're, they, they've got federal, they're doing federally approved testing with MDMA for people with post-traumatic stress yes. disorder. Yeah. Which I think is a great thing, you know I mean? And I think it's going to be extremely beneficial, especially MDMA. You know, there's a lot of really positive results with that. You know, I think... I think uh, psilocybin gets a little squirrely. You know, if you've had some horrific experiences oh, yes. abroad, I wouldn't recommend psilocybin. If someone asked me what's the drug of choice, I well, would not, not say psilocybin. They're, they're not using that to treat post-traumatic stress oh, okay. disorder. They're Especially using... if you might have done something you're not, not really entirely happy about. You know what they're using it for. What? Terminal illness. Those are the experiments that they've been doing uh, where they um, give psilocybin to people who have late stage cancer and it helps them overcome death related anxiety because you take it, you take synthetic psilocybin, which I would love to try, which is uh, um, so much better than apparently regular. Actually, I think that you're supposed to say psilocybin, but uh, because it, um, it's easier to dose out. You know, when you're eating mushrooms, it's not like each mushroom has an exact. Uh, a certain amount of psilocybin. I wonder, the, I wonder if the trip is the same. I don't know. Uh, but you know, the speculation about uh, psychedelic trips is that the more people take the psychedelic trip, the more potent the psychedelic is. So, like, the, 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 that was the thing with ketamine. Uh, McKenna always talked about how ketamine seemed like nobody had been there yet. Like, right. you, you did this psychedelic experience and you got there. He said, describe it as like a giant office building, but all the cubicles are empty. 
You know what I mean? Whereas like MySpace. mushrooms, right? <laughs> MySpace 2011. <laughs> Whereas mushrooms, it's like you are diving into a giant, rich river of human history, and it's all together, all in right. one gigantic fucking soup. And you're gonna add your trip to this huge pool of trips. But you know the way they're doing these tests, you know, is uh, so fucking cool. And I would so love to uh, have this. Uh, they have people lay down on a bed. And they have sitting on either side of them psychotherapists. So while you're going into the ecstasy experience or while you're going into the mushroom experience, you have these people who are there to talk to so that when you say, man, there's fucking super intelligent toddlers swimming through my body and mocking my thoughts, they could say, oh, let's talk about that. What, um, you know, what do you think those things are? What, when you see them, describe them to me. Or if you don't want to talk, they don't. If you don't, if you just want to be by yourself, they leave you alone. But they guide you through the experience. Like it's kind of like hmm. Western shamanism. But but have they had the experience themselves, or are they just sort of a, a neutered bystander? Um, you know, I think if they've had have had the experience, I don't think that they're going to announce that right. because it's such a uh, strict fucking thing. And just the fact that they're letting them reopen tests since. Uh, I believe October 6th, 1966 was when LSD was made completely federally illegal and all testing on psychedelics was brought to a halt, bringing us into a kind of pharmacological dark age where nobody could fucking uh, even experiment with the substances. That to find out what it is. Meanwhile, yeah. you know, you could get strychnine and pull it out of a plant and no one's even going to bat an eye. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have people getting CAT scans and their fucking brain looks like the surface of the moon because they've been slurping back shitty club ecstasy and God knows what the fuck that is. You know, they haven't been taking like pure pharmaceutical grade chemicals which is what you should only you should only take that when you're taking a hallucinogen do you think that this this, this uh, idea of a trip like when you take mushrooms that you're entering into accumulation of trips throughout human history does that make sense to you and if that does make sense then is this the psilocybin that's chemically produced or that's artificially produced does that bring you to the same place yeah i bet it does and I, it's just a radio frequency one right. it tunes you in two different ways maybe slightly different but it's like you're still tuning into the same fucking station and uh, and also you know the the different tests that they did um for example the good friday experiment at harvard where they gave psilocybin to people in the basement of a church and piped down the church music to see if it induced mystical states and the modern stuff johns hopkins is doing with the same exact uh purpose to see if you can create mystical experience the effects they're having they had from that is like people from the Johns Hopkins experience are, are reporting a year later that their lives are better, they're more connected with their family, they, they feel like life is more worth living, their anxieties decreased. There's really positive results from it. Wow. A lot of it's probably like, you know, when you, you're in your DNA, like, yeah, I have my grandfather's nose and stuff like that, like the history of your own DNA. So, like, maybe mushrooms lets you kind of tap the history of your DNA some way, it's like probably, the memories of your ancestors. It's probably, yeah, it's probably information. You know, I mean, what, when you look at instincts, like a lot of instincts are set up just to protect you, you know, from, from shit that's happened to people in the past. And it's become, you know, a part of uh, the human instinct, like a uh, category that, or, or a catalog rather that you have in your mind. 
Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. You know, like, like the reason why people are afraid of monsters. You know, the little kids that grow up in cities are scared of monsters. Well, the reason why is because, you know, you, when we were monkeys, jaguars used to eat people. That's why you're scared yeah. to go out at night. Why are you scared to go out at night? Because the predators were fucking hunting you at night, right. man. You got eaten. When they look at, like, a lot of the early hominid skulls, a lot of them show signs of predation by big cats. That's what we're scared of. So that, that monster, that flash in a child's mind of big teeth and big yeah. scary beast, that shit's ingrained in the memory, man. There's, there's something in there from one monkey a billion years ago or whatever that saw another monkey get jacked by a cat, you know? Well, and also that's why dogs are so excited when you come home. Because like back when people first started domesticating dogs, if you went out on a hunting trip, there's like a good chance you were just going to get killed. Like coming home used to be a much bigger deal. You know? <laughs> That's why yeah. your dog's like, you survived. He survived. Thank God. Thank God you survived. Because a dog's still tuned. Well, I mean, shit. If my dog goes outside, it still might get eaten. I'm a little chihuahua. You know, I think one of the, the hardest things for us to really wrap our heads around is that we are just one frame in this in infinite chapter. And we're all trying to figure it out as it's going along. We're all like trying to, well, we'll stop this ride. Slow down. Let me get a map of this. Yeah. Let me hold on, hold on, hold on. Who's running the train? Do we know who's running the train? Can we slow the train down? Shit. Shit. Yeah. So I hop off the train and watch it from the outside. Now let me stay on a little longer. Where are we going? What time is it? Does anyone have the time? Yeah. We are all on this wild train ride. And it's going to become someone else's train ride next life. And it's going to keep going. You know, we, we're living and dying on this ride for well, as long your, as it takes. You, actually, the person on the train ride isn't you. It's your DNA. And yeah. that's why it's always trying to get you to fuck. Because yeah. it knows you're the train it's on is going off the tracks because you're going to die. <laughs> it's like, you got to fuck. You got to yeah. make more. You got to make more. I got to get off this thing. Eventually, you're not going to last. You're not going to well, last. Well, no way. Time. Eventually. Yeah, you were all worm food, man. There's no question about that. Don't entertain the idea. If you think you're not fucking dirt then you're out of your mind. Like, we're all doomed. There's no way out of it. We're all getting sucked into the future where we well, cease to exist. our bodies. This body that you're rocking right now is not going to last. Oh, our body, yeah. yeah. I mean, what we really are, yeah. That thing but goes But who knows? If, is that true, though? Who yeah. knows? Everybody says, yeah, I know, but you don't know. You don't know any more than you know that it, that it does. It's, it's a fucking giant guessing game. Well, yeah, you know, it's one true. of the most offensive things about religion is that they pretend that they know something that is impossible to fucking know. Can I just well, say... Well, that's th just, as, just yeah. as ridiculous when hippies pretend that when they die, you will go into this interdimensional love... You don't know. Can I, can, no I be, can, I be, can I please be the obnoxious hippie sure. and can take that... Uh, uh, be the hippies advocate there and say <laughs> that... <laughs> Let me be a hippies advocate. The... Um, the, uh, I, I think that, you know, the idea that people maybe have that you retain your personality when your body stops existing and you go into some kind of like new age, um, uh, paradise where you're flying around sipping honey out of the craters of heaven. And after you're there for a certain amount of time, you're like, you know what? I think I want to go back to Earth and reincarnate as a kid with Down syndrome. I don't think that happens. You know what I mean? I don't think that that really happens because I don't believe that um, um, so many people on the Earth who maybe are, are born like with disabilities or in incredibly difficult situations, it's hard for me to imagine someone at a super dimensional spa um, being like, yeah, you know, I want to... Ah. I think it's time for me to reincarnate as a blind person who um, 
can't walk and who um yeah yeah i know you know what i'm saying so that's silly but um and sorry for the too long explanation for that but (laughs) um what but i think that there is a another thing that we are no matter what which is our consciousness and i think once the body ceases to exist that consciousness continues to radiate inside of everything and through everything and that's what we really are so i think i'm not necessarily convinced I'm not necessarily convinced that consciousness is not attached completely to being a biological um, uh, entity. You know, that uh, one of the things about being yeah. a biological entity, being some something with some sort of a, you know, you have personal sovereignty, you have the ability to control your own movement and destiny. That That's why consciousness, like the actual thought of consciousness as a, an entity, that where that's where it comes from. It comes from the need to keep this one thing alive. When you die and you become the next thing, if there is a next thing, it's yeah. very possible there will be no consciousness. It's very possible that the idea of consciousness is just some egocentric, sure. ridiculous notion that you have to keep the idea of you. But let's you know, explore when you that. Are, when you aren't you, when you, you are a drop in a river yeah. of information, and that's what, that, that's what leaves this life, and that there is no consciousness. But that's that, that idea that you just said, this is an idea that uh, is the uh, – and, and, you know, I, I, forgive me. I mean, this is, atheists get really mad when you talk about atheism. Uh, with Some atheists can get very sensitive. But Atheists are just as silly as the, religious people. But atheists have a ghost story. They really are, aren't a- they? Yeah. Any organization. But the, the atheist ghost story so, – so Christians have a ghost story. Yeah. The Christian ghost story is hell. The atheist ghost story is a different ghost story because an atheist will inevitably tell you, no, you don't understand, man. When you die – Everything stops. There's nothing. Complete nothingness. You can't comprehend it because there's no way to comprehend it because it's nothing. And then they stop. And they expect you to be like, oh, my God, that's terrible. But if you, <laughs> but if you look at what Socrates said, which you guys should read because it's fucking hilarious and awesome, when uh, he made it what's called his apology because they wanted to execute him and make him drink hemlock. In his response to their attempt to ex- – or they were going to execute him, he said, okay, I tell you what. Here's the deal. If you kill me and I die and there's nothing, like when I'm in my deepest sleep and the deepest, deepest sleep and there's just nothing at all, then you've given me paradise. That's paradise because this isn't exactly the, a fucking fun park here in early Athens. And guess what? <laughs> Being in complete non-existence for infinity might be better than uh, having to like sneak around and fuck 14-year-olds because I'm getting <laughs> too old to catch them. <laughs> 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 I can't catch these 14 year old uh, Olympian athletes but and then the other thing he said to them is if there is something after this if I die if you give me this stuff and there's some other thing and I continue to exist then I'm going to keep doing what I was doing here which was going around and embarrassing everybody with his uh, mode of inquisition that essentially makes you realize that you don't know anything well have you ever heard the theory that every timeline every life is is repeated until you get it right yeah and that what we're dealing with this one timeline of of this earth that you are listening to this podcast right now, you are a part of an infinite number of timelines that are all interwoven and that you go through this one and then you come back until you get it right and you keep doing it until you have no shitty thoughts, until you have 
nothing wrong, no personality defect until you literally, literally, ultimately achieve enlightenment. Oh, can I can so I add that's something? That's the biggest hippie theory. No, let me. Well, I mean, you say it is, but <laughs> not the evidence. Hippie. The evidence states that the universe itself is fractal. Okay, and the the latest findings about Big Bang or about uh, black holes, rather, is that inside every black hole there exists the possibility of another universe. That's the ultimate fractal because we know that inside every galaxy is a black hole, and if inside every galaxy there's a supermassive black hole that's exactly one half of one percent of the mass of the galaxy and what the theory is is that inside that black hole exists a whole nother universe with hundreds of billions of galaxies each with a black hole in the center of them each has hundreds of billions of galaxies inside of it and it never ends and it literally is the ultimate fractal if that's the case I don't think it's that preposterous that your silly little fucking life can be repeated over and over sure. again. You know, oh, I'm going to be Bob the Postman until I die. No, 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 no. You're going to be a Bob the Postman Forever. for infinity, you motherfucker, until you get it right. I don't think that's any more ridiculous than the idea that inside every black hole is another fucking universe. I think it's that's, the positive part that that's kind of ridiculous. And until you're positive and you have no negative energy, that just sounds like well, you let me throw if you, out live, if you can live your life without, without fucking it up. But there's a negative that's version. possible. There's a negative version of that idea that you just had, and it's from Nietzsche, and the his idea is exactly the same thing. It's called infinite return or something. The law of infinite. I can't remember the name of it, but his idea isn't that when you get things right, then you get to move on. His idea is no, you don't get to get things right. Everything just happens infinitely, exactly the way it happened this time. So the amount of time in your life, if you are happier more than you are sad in your life, then you are in heaven. And if you are in misery more than you're happy in your life, then you're in hell. And that goes on forever. And a deja vu. That it, seems like a giant leap, though. If you, you can live this life over again, you're telling me that somehow or another, what kind of super order can have every car stop in the exact same spot, every red light be there when you get there? Every, rewind your DVD. Yeah. Okay. So life is just a movie, and, sure. and everything that's ever been done in your life is predetermined. Maybe completely. there's just th these are all thought experiments, by the way. And Nietzsche was using it more as a thought sure. experiment than a. I'm just, all, all I'm saying is that it just requires this giant leap Ooh. to think that everything's got to fall into place exactly the same well, way. Well, it all goes back to the idea that you are you are the only person that you can prove has self-awareness. Right. You don't know that I have self-awareness. You don't know that Brian has self-awareness. You can't, you okay. can't, okay. Yeah. So Proof, that's the idea. Right. So you can't prove any, anybody, there's anyone else except you. Right. You like to think that we all have self-awareness. You like to think that we're not projections of you, but it's, it's possible that you're the universe in the very first phase of sure. it's waking up and as it's, and it's having this nervous breakdown where it projects this bizarre reality where you're like hosting a podcast and you host the UFC and you, um, you, uh, uh, you, you used to host Fear Factor. I mean, doesn't it all seem kind of absurd, like a ridiculous, weird dream? Do you really think it's happening? Well, that's the idea. If, you, if everyone can individually do that same thing to them and look at your life and really think of all the coincidences and synchronicities that have happened in your life mm -hmm. and all the, all the bizarre events that maybe have even just happened to you today, mm -hmm. you really think that that's all an accident? You really think that this whole thing hasn't been planned out just for you? Anyway, it's a narcissistic idea, but it, it is a narcissistic idea, and really, ultimately, it's just one of a million different possibilities. Sure. And so, to commit to any one of them, you know, it's just like the idea of you saying the atheist, being like, "This is it, man. When it's over, it's just Nothing. darkness and emptiness Woo! forever." Whoa. The other, the other atheist boogeyman is a guy who shoots people at the abortion clinic. 
That's the other one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that guy. No <laughs> shit. They're terrified of that guy. But meanwhile, they're not terrified of a vacuum cleaner sucking babies out of pussies Baby all brains. day. <laughs> Just shooting babies into the great beyond out of a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. At a specific spot every day. Yeah. That's your job. Whoa. whoa. That's a sad job. Who the Ooh, fuck? That is a sad you job. You know, when I was growing sad. up, I heard Bill Cosby for the first time, and I was like, man, comedy is fucking incredible. This guy just made it where I can't breathe for, like, the entire album. Yeah. Is there somebody who's, like, mom comes home, and she's like, oh, the abortion went all right, Larry. And he's like, oh, one day I'll give abortions. Who dreams of being an abortionist? Yeah, that's something you sort of stumble on. You know, you fuck this chick. Craigslist ad. No, if you get her pregnant, <laughs> you go, how do we do this? You get a medical textbook, yeah, a vacuum you go to cleaner for it. Say this is never happening again. Learn how to kill babies. That's a sh that's one of the top shitty jobs, man. Fuck, I mean, that's yeah. not a satisfying job. Like if you're someone who delivers babies, you come home and you're like, I delivered three babies today. Life is beautiful. What do you do when you come home as an abortion doctor? Unless you're you like, hate ah. No fucking sucked out thirty fetuses today. Unless you hate babies, unless you you're already some kind of psycho like that. You know, you're one step away from killing people, so you're an abortion doctor. Oof, God. Well, you know what, man? It takes every kind of people. I'm sure there's been one of those out there. Yeah. You know, if you if you can speculate it, the millions and millions of humans on this in this in this in this country alone. <laughs> like, what if you went to your abortion doctor and he had a dartboard with a fetus on it? <laughs> Or if his favorite TV show is Dexter. He just hates fetuses. They're terrible. I just hate those fucking things. They freak me out. So ridiculous. They war with fetuses. <laughs> He's like a fetus that grew out of control. He turned into a human and just started killing fetuses. Do you ever toy with the idea that, you know, I mean, you said that everything, you know, there's, there's this possibility that everything exists by plan and then the same life will repeat itself over and over and over again do you ever toy with the idea of the human being as as the as the caterpillar that will become the butterfly yeah and that you know our whole society that the massive yes. accelerating pace is moving us towards this event yeah man that's the to me yes that's the idea that i adhere to the most is like i don't know what it is and of course we can't know what it is but just from looking at the weather you know it's going to rain. And you can look at what's happening now. And every time I sit down in front of my fucking iMac and am basking in the glow of World <laughs> of Warcraft as I eat edible marijuana, I consider to myself, it's only going to be about 20 more years that you're outside the machine. <laughs> they are neurologically going to figure out how to put you into this place where you can experience weightlessness where the weight of the body's lifted and you can live in a virtual paradise for the last part of your life that's something we all have to look forward to is making the decision i mean depending on how old you are right now or how healthy you are you will eventually have to make the decision b between spending most of your time in this world or spending most of your time in a virtual universe a, a virtual paradise that is indistinguishable or probably only the distinguishment is that it's a million times better than here. And then somebody will hack it because it's made by Sony. Sure. And inside your head. And yeah, and sure. Fucked. Oh no, all that. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's gonna be there's gonna be some problems initially, but isn't that crazy about that Sony shit? I mean, yeah. What exactly did happen? Uh, first, it, like their their network just went down for a couple of days, and right? They, but they didn't say anything. And supposedly a hacker got in, and they don't know what they got. Like they don't know if they got their names and credit cards, but they they're. People are thinking they got like credit card yeah, numbers, e emails. 
that's like millions of people's cards. God damn, I think I, <clears throat> I told you I got jacked. Yeah, I, my they stole my credit card. I started. I, I get phone calls from American Express. Are you buying five hundred dollars worth of Godiva chocolate? <laughs> Are you so buying? Oh. Yeah, I guess they probably bought a bunch of uh, gift cards. Gift cards, yeah. And can you? You know, did you go to Norman and uh, Nordstroms and you know spend two thousand dollars and Neiman Marcus? They just went off these fucking people. Yeah. That sucks, man. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's creepy. Worse. It's weird to know that there's these weird little electronic parasites that click, click, click. They get the number, and then you know they make a new card, and Dude, they're just uh, my, sucking numbers. My out of website the system. just got infiltrated by really? yeah, and and they went into the HTML. I still have to fix it. If you go to my website now, there's nothing there. I had to take it down, but um, they went into the they injected into the HTML of my. Uh, index page and so any place there was html some kind of fucking iframe that took people to a website in russia or something so when you went to my website a google alert would pop up and say this site is known for hosting malware wow and i had to go in and like erase everything but they got my password which That's is weird. totally weird man it's like I, I don't know how they figured out my fucking password it's have like, you ever seen I that documentary the on, on hackers there's this documentary they did about this one area of Soviet bloc, Eastern Europe. I forget wh what exact country it is, but one one Soviet country, one you know former Soviet country, and they're all hackers. Like the whole country's filled with hackers. <laughs> like they went through this city, and like everyone's got a Mercedes. They're just fucking everybody. They just figured these young guys have like figured out a way to fuck the system and steal all this money. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what that happened. It sucks. What is that? How do they do that? I have no idea. Can that be fixed? It's a bot. It's a bot mixed in with, a, obviously, a, a shitty password. Or maybe they, um, I got my fucking uh, World of Warcraft account hacked a while ago. <laughs> really? How often do you play that fucking Doesn't game? matter. I love it. <laughs> my Dathrak is a warlock, and he's almost level 71. How do you feel about the guys who buy and, and sell their, their characters? What do you think about that? Is that cheating? Buying a character? Yeah, like if you, you <laughs> can't you like build up some sort of character? Or buying gold. Yeah, can't you do something like that where you, your character's got well, superpowers? I mean, yeah, you can do that, but you're going to miss the friendship and companionship of your guild. <laughs> don't you want to? There's lifelong friendships we form. In do you have buddies in your guild? No, I he don't. He breaks World of Warcraft discs. Like, every couple months, he'll break it just so he won't play it No, I, I don't break it. That doesn't work anymore. Blizzard, fix that. <laughs> now you can, like, it's there no matter what. Like, Is I, it you, online? Is used that what to, it is? Yeah, because I get obsessive with video games. So when I get addicted, what I do is I just delete it, destroy the property make it so that i can't play it anymore so that it or so that there's a roadblock in between me having to download it and then inevitably like i'll download it again and play it's a cycle of addiction <laughs> yeah it's him that and starcraft you're do, on both of them now do you have to have it inside your computer do you have to have a cd in there to play it or does it an no, online you thing all, you download the beautiful beautiful thing you don't need to yeah but, but you have to have it on angel. your computer because like quake live you download like a client app yeah. but it's all online now well, I don't know how much of it's online. Is no, you just download like, the program. It's like eight gigs. Yeah. But the whatever's there's a obviously there's other servers that are. But what do you get to do that's so cool that you're on it every day? Do you get to shoot people or what do you do? <laughs> Kids play get, make believe. I wish that tone wasn't in your voice when you asked that question. <laughs> We're all different. I um no, it's a it's must a accept my video game murderous it, tendencies. It, it, listen, it's embarrassing, and uh, it's it's <laughs> childish. I'll, I'll totally admit that, and but. It's fucking awesome. Like, they figured out a way. Because, you know, we've got the human beings are based on a reward system. You do something good and you get a reward. And that makes you feel good. You go jogging, 
the endorphins kick in. Whenever you accomplish a task, you feel good. So the people at Blizzard and the CIA Define joined forces CIA. and they figured out how to neurologically uh, replicate that sort of endorphin rush in, in, a, in a kind of ever accelerating pace. So the game, the higher level you get, the, the more the game begins to complexify and the terrain that you are used to, that you already thought was cool, all of a sudden becomes a million times cooler and then a million times cooler and then a million times cooler so that you get hooked. Like a like it's like a Pavlovian fucking response. You just you also know. have an online girlfriend, don't you? Do you really? A lover? I wouldn't call her a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> What's the odds that it might be a dude? Um, it's we are who we decide we are, Joe. Right, it doesn't matter, no right? Real sex on. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that, here's. I mean, that's a funny idea. Would but, you be willing to exchange uh, pretend love messages to a guy playing a woman? No, but let me ask you this: If if in, let's say let's say let's say you thought about that for a while. Let, let, yeah. Let's say let's say in, let's say in the let's say in the, no, of course not. But let's say in the future. Now he's rubbing his dick. But, but in the future, let's imagine that this thing I, I, we were talking about a neurologically projected universe exists. Right. People are going to have to deal with super hot girls coming up to them that are, you know really quite beautiful and you're going to know this is probably this is a, there's a chance this is a guy on right. earth in, right. in the real world right so at that point what do you do well it's just a personality it's a mind behind the machine i've i've dated a lot of girls that had a dude's mind you know might as well have been a dude I mean, it wasn't, but it might as well have been. You ever date a girl who wants to yell at you all the time and argue with Fuck, you? Fuck, like, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you a dude? What's going on here? Why are yeah. you acting all dude-like and aggressive? Why do you have a dip in your mouth? What's the f- Ooh, you, you dated a girl with dips? <laughs> who had a dip? <laughs> no, I've yeah, girls that That's a before. fucking deal breaker right there. All I've right. got buddies that dip, and it never bothers me, you know? You yeah. spit in a cup. It's kind of gross, whatever. but whatever. But when I was dating a chick, and she started doing oh. that, I'd be like, get the fuck away oh. from me, you crazy bitch. Yeah. Oh. What's next? You want to peg a motherfucker? Oh. You want to get your peg on? Yeah. For those who don't know, peg is when a girl puts on a dildo and straps it on and sticks it in your butt. Mm. Apparently, it happens so often <laughs> that there's a name for it. <laughs> What a fucking weird world we live in, man. What a weird world. Hey, at least Osama bin Laden's dead. We got him. God, I can breathe a sigh early. People fucking cheering at the White House. They went on the White House lawn and they're fucking dancing and singing. Na, 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 na. Hey, hey, hey. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have bin Laden. And they were cheering. USA. Don't you think we should all be like, shh, no. All right, he's dead. Ladies and gentlemen, he was dead in 1992. I've got the documents right here. 1992. It's a... Black Ops. Dude, I really love that. That That is a hilarious narrative that Alex Jones is talking about because the implication is that there's somewhere in the CIA where there's like a frozen Bin Laden ice cube <laughs> and they're just waiting to melt him. Wasn't that the premise of a movie? Wasn't there a guy who did that, who killed people and froze them and then dropped the bodies off? And Oh, I think it was the Iceman. That's who it was. Yeah. It wasn't a premise of a movie. It was that guy, that uh, that crazy uh, hitman for the mob called the Iceman, yeah. the Iceman Chronicles on HBO, yeah. which if you haven't seen it, it's they amazing. are fucking terrifying to know that this guy existed. Yeah. He was a, a, a crazy fuck. You know, that guy used to play pool, and he used to uh, gamble, not with people that I know, but that with people that I know who know that people. And he, as long as you didn't make a fool out of him, he would lose some money. He liked to gamble. So he'd go in and play some pool as long as you didn't rob him and make a fool out of him. You know, as long as it was a competitive game. 
but I guess he got in some sort of an argument with one guy. One of the first guys he ever killed was over a pool game. Uh, yeah. He used to, um, and he apparently had one situation with one guy. It felt like the guy was robbing him. The guy fucking disappeared. Nobody ever saw him again. He killed so many people, man. He killed people over just, a guy would step on his toe. He would kill him. He would shoot arsenic in his drink, and the guy would never know what hit him. Yeah, this, and, he, and his, he's got that weird accent. Yeah. He's, uh, what, can you do, can you do his voice? It's really. No, I'd have to listen to it. Uh, I can only do accents when I hear them. Yeah, yeah, he's a strange guy, but it's, yeah, he stepped on my foot at the theater, so I just followed him out to his car. I hope they release this on uh, d- death photos, though, because they're, they're, they haven't decided yet. Yeah, why would they want to release it, that? Well, he's probably it, still got frost on him. Well, I, I guess a lot of the <laughs> senators... <laughs> I told you to thaw him more! His, <laughs> he looks like Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> 2002, it was reported he was going through dialysis. We've got the papers right here. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I used to have that bit about Osama bin Laden being a character in a Batman movie. Yeah. Just think about this. He used to work for the good guys, but then he switched forces and joined the dark side. He's a billionaire who hates us. Right. He lives underground. And we almost capture him, and every time they get him, he slips away and leaves behind a threatening tape. I'm like, this is an episode of fucking Scooby-Doo. I mean, this is, is is ridiculous. And the video, despite how good video cameras were all over the world, was always shit. Yeah. It was always like one of those first generation cell phone videos when you can only take like 30 seconds of yeah. video. You remember those? Yep. Remember, that's what the videos of Bin Laden always look like. It's always like blurry yeah. and fucking weird. He's probably been dead forever, man. There was that one fake video that was 100% fake where they uh, they had a, a, a couple photos of him and a video of him, but his face was fatter. He looked like a different guy, like a totally different guy. Like they put like they they put transparencies of the two of them over each other. But you know, as they get more sophisticated, they just stop releasing videos. He doesn't have to make videos. Let's just yeah. have him stop making videos. Sure. Yeah. This the fucking fake Bin Laden sucks. Yeah. The guy didn't lose enough weight. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So I don't know. Man. I don't buy it. It's just they so, lie about so much shit. So you, you don't think they've killed Bin Laden? She's dead as fuck. I think he's probably dead a long time ago. I just don't think it just happened. I mean, it may, it might have. You know, I mean, look, they said SEAL Team 6 killed him. And if that is the case, you know, it's, those guys aren't going to keep their mouth shut. They're not going to pretend that they killed somebody and, and, right. and not. I mean, it sounds, I don't think they would take, I mean, when you're dealing with like SEALs, there's like a certain, there's a there's a code that those guys live by. And I, I don't necessarily think they would pretend that they killed somebody Who's like SEAL that. Team 6? They're supposedly like the baddest motherfuckers in the SEALs. The scariest ones they send into terrible, hostile areas to kill bad guys. You know, those are the ones that like. If you ever read like some of those books, the Dick Marchenko, I think that's his name. No. The Rogue Warrior, great fucking books. All the nutty shit that he did, like all throughout the years, as a as a, a head of uh, one of those SEAL Team Six units, where they they all would like have long hair and tattoos, and they would look look weird. It was like a fucking goddamn Sylvester Stallone movie. It's like The Expendables, but it was real. You know. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of guys like that, man. Fucking That's what crazy. they do. That's what they do. I mean, if you watch those, uh, you ever watch any of those Discovery Channel specials on how they uh, like recruit people and you know what you have to go through Hell Week, you know, and you have to go through where you're, where you're trying yeah, out to be a Navy, Navy SEAL. Like, dude, the people that get through that are some extraordinary fuckers. Yeah. 
Those are those are people who would do some crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people out there that love and live for the idea of getting a fucking flat out straight license to be a bad motherfucker killing machine. Yeah. And if you want to, if you're good enough at killing people and you're willing to pledge your loyalty to the United States government, they'll take you in. They'll take you in, they'll train you, they'll fucking give you a great attitude and a lot of psychological, you know, counseling that they've been <coughs> working on for decades they've sure. got it down to a science they know yeah. exactly how to tune your mind so they can send you places to go fuck people up 2011 baby <laughs> so there's a guy right now from C- seal team six yeah who's, well there's a whole bunch of them but there's one specific guy who's like killed bin laden yesterday I'd like a cup of, uh, I'll take a Diet Coke and pancakes. I don't think he drinks Diet Coke. He's probably drinking whiskey out of a bottle, and they're singing. Yeah, they've probably been singing since yeah. the moment it happened, They'll if it happened. bandanas over bullet wounds. I'll get it patched up later, boss. <laughs> fucking animal. It's fun right? to think about. It's fun to think about it being real, but I'm, I, it does seem to me I mean, a little suspicious that at 2 a.m. they dumped his body off the side of an aircraft carrier. The SEAL Team 6 is the SEAL. Seals of the Seals. That's what it is. Seal, Seal Team 6 uh, is, it was labeled Team 6 at the time to confuse Soviet intelligence about the number of Seal teams in operation at the time. There were only two others, but the top, Team 6 poached the top operatives from all the other Seal units and trained them even more intensely. So even among proven Seals, the attrition rate for, for Team 6 is half. So half of the bad motherfuckers that become Seals. The only half of them can survive to be Team Six. Wow. Yeah, and they sent these psychos over there to kill him. Wow. Maybe, maybe they did, or maybe he's been dead forever. Who knows? You know, who the fuck knows? I, it's once you hear that Jessica Lynch story, you go, okay, it's all bets are off. They're not doing anything different now than they were back then. They were just making shit up back then when right. they said there was a firefight to rescue, you know, a private Jessica Lynch, and you know she was this poor little girl from wherever the fuck she was, Nebraska or Kansas or some shit. You know, and then she came out and she's like, listen, nobody rescued me. I was in a hospital. There was no gunfight. You know, right. I, I, I want to just step away from all this. Thank you very much. And then she got death threats and you fucking traitor. You know, she had to hide and fucking scary shit, man. The government doesn't tell the truth. If they're telling us that this happened, this is not what happened. Something else happened. It's a wait, fact. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe you don't believe them. our great president, Obama was sitting in a situation room and being mm. shown the plans to descend on this base and dum, attack dum, dum. Osama bin Laden. You don't believe that that was happening? Looks good, SEAL yeah. Team 6. Could. I'm going to declare code red on <laughs> Osama bin Laden. Yeah, this is a movie, bro. This is going to be in a movie, right? Yeah. Be? Listen. So, Nicholas Cage will be in We it. must wait to do this before... At, until after the royal wedding. I say they cast Nicolas Cage as the hardened veteran who doesn't give a fuck. And he goes over there because if you're going to do a job right, got to do it yourself. It was Hitler's death day. Remember that I, movie that he was in with the plane? What was that movie? Oh, about? yeah. It's always on reruns for some reason. I know exactly. It's Con Air. Is that yes. what yes. Con Air. <laughs> Where all the cons got in the plane yeah, and they escaped. Yeah, yeah. That's the movie, bro. It's Con Air. The whole cast of Con Air comes back for Get Bin Laden. Yes, Seal right. Team 6. Hitler's death day. Who's the top days. seal? Who's the top seal? Who's his number one killer? Ready? Charlie Sheen. Oh, yeah, that's Number great. Number one killer. Charlie Sheen was in the movie Navy <laughs> Seals, bro. Oh, that's right. He was in Navy Seals. We can make him the top Navy Seal. He was also in Hot Shots. Ooh, there you go, dude. And Major League. Come yeah. on, son. He's all American. Yeah. He could be the top the cop guy. And Dolph Lundgren makes a comeback as well, but dies before they complete their mission. 
Well, can't we? Let's make it. You know what? What your your idea is not accessible enough. Why don't we make it? Really? Yeah. Let's make it. it Pretty mainstream. Let's make it dads. Let's make it recently divorced dads. Seal team dads. Yes. And they're talking to their daughter on the phone, and you know, daddy loves you. Meanwhile, he's like loading bullets into a chamber. We gotta do this. Yeah, and the the ex-wife, they wind up getting back together again right at the end of the movie. Yeah, Steve Gutenberg, Ted Danson, and an old Navy SEAL. Yeah. How do you even remember Steve Gutenberg? I said Alicia Silverstone on the plane. I was like, who the hell is that? How do I even remember her? What happened to that girl? Did she have a kid? What happened to Gutenberg? Went crazy. No. Yeah, Gutenberg, uh, there's a famous uh, scene of him outside of Phil Hartman's house. After the uh, after the shooting, after his wife killed him and then killed herself, Steve Gutenberg showed up for the photo op with a suit and tie on and started doing interviews with the press, really p- pleading with the uh, the the media to have some class and taste and handle this with dignity and leave the family alone. But the way he was doing it, it was like so clearly him just trying to get attention. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Because we, we, us as a, a cast, never remembered Steve Gutenberg coming up from Phil. It wasn't like my best bud, Steve Gutenberg, we're going fishing this weekend. You know, it's like Steve Gutenberg's just sort of like. I was he a neighbor? I don't know. Maybe he was just like up. a next door neighbor. No, I don't believe something. he was, man. And if he was, why would you come out and say, hi, this is where I live? Come visit me. Yeah, well, it's you know, it's that 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 wannabe famous thing, man. You know, and when it goes away, there's nothing weirder than someone who used to be famous and isn't anymore, and really desperately wants to be again. Right. It's very strange, man. You know, you ever met a guy that's in an, a band and the band was big and now they're not big anymore and they're all weirded out? Yeah, I've seen it. It's a weird fucking. I've seen that symptom. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it all before, Joe. It's disgusting, he's man. He's a Navy Seal, Team Seal Six Team of Life. He used to be famous. Now he's not. There's only one way to win back his fame. Kill the man who tried to destroy America. Yeah, that's why I want my movies to have aliens in them. That's why I liked Avatar. Yeah, it was simple. Yeah, I saw the whole thing coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew the the guy was going to be good in the end. I knew it. However, it was good because there was aliens. And it was fake. It wasn't like some stupid real-life situation that you're trying to recreate. Where, you know, like, that's the the, the one thing that drives me the most nuts is people that want you to go see really depressing movies. You know, really depressing, dark movies. And you're like, well, I can live that, man. I can see that on TV. I I don't know. When I go to the movies, I just want to be entertained. Now, have you seen the fucking, speaking of depressing movies, have you seen The Antichrist? What? Have you seen the movie The Antichrist? No. What is this? Jesus fucking Christ. I'm is it just terrible? it's one of the most depressing is it new? dark No, it's not new, but it is it has some of the most well, I mean it's moderately new. It's um it is so fucked up, man. Is it an American movie? What is it? It's uh Oh here, I'm looking at it yeah. here. Wow, got a lot of stars. It's really good. Grieving couple retreats to their cabin in the woods, hoping to repair their broken hearts and troubled marriage. But nature takes its course, and things go from bad to worse. Yeah, that doesn't even one percent describe how fucked up it is. Good. Oh yeah, it's really good. But I mean, I can't. I don't want to do any spoiler alerts here. But okay, there's some fucking disgusting shit that happens in it. It's It's 2009. Willem Dafoe stars. Lars Van Trier is that his name? The director? Yeah. yeah. You, you, you're you on the ball, son. It just popped into my head. I, I don't know why. I usually can't remember my own name. So uh, is this depressing? Is it going to be sad? 
Yeah, I mean, you're gonna, it's gonna, yeah, it's depressing and sad and fucked up. I want a monster movie, dude. I don't want that nonsense. What about The Walking Dead? Have you seen The Walking <laughs> yeah, Dead? Yeah, I'm watching it, yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's great. Fucking love it, man. I just got done with uh, episode one. I'm God gearing damn, up awesome. number two tonight. I'm so pissed that they're not making another until next year. Why? I, 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 I'm not sure exactly what happened. I know the guy fired all his writers, supposedly, at the end of the season. That's something I heard. And oh, yeah? Yeah, it's, but apparently it's based, it's based on a comic book, which now I want to read from watching it but it's like what's so cool about it man is in other zombie movies they never explore the emotional impact that being in a zombie apocalypse would take on you and the what the directing of the acting he's really good at directing people like how to act when they're in shock which is what you'd pretty much be in if you were dealing with that kind of like event happening why is that such a prevalent theme the, the zombie theme why is that so reoccurring I mean, out of all the potential monsters, there's like the two big ones are vampires and zombies. zombies. What is that? It's got to be some kind of uh, subconscious cultural projection of our realization that we're all kind of wandering through life like zombies, you know, not really that the way people are acting is kind of this bizarre, like they're just thinking about eating. I mean, not brains, but all they're thinking about is like, I want to have a nice... Do you really think that's what it is? Because the, the, the fear is not just a, to be a zombie. The fear is to get the zombie to eat you. I think the real fear is people fear of, afraid of cannibalism and people breaking down and, and becoming, you know, monsters. Well, I mean, yeah, I think, I, I guess I'm going a little like too, uh, too, I just smoked Joe Rogan's weed deep, but I think that, um, uh, yeah, I mean, fuck, that is a scary idea is like seeing like... Yeah, what's worse than being chomped on by humans? That moment when they rip you apart and put their intestines around their neck? Why do zombies always do that? It's cool. Looks looks cool on TV. Oh, intestines. They always have to wear it. They, they wear them. They rub their faces in it. It's so gross. But why do they do that? Just eat. Just eat. Stop playing with your food. <laughs> what's your all-time favorite zombie movie? Um, There's only one answer. Well, correct, well, one correct answer, by the way. It used to be Dawn of the Dead. Until 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah. I forgot, I forgot about, that, about one. that That's yeah. the best one. 28 well, Days Later, Shaun of the Dead. 28 Days, 28 days Later. You know what I loved? They ran yep. at you. They ran. I'm not into these slow-ass zombies you could just peck off with that, guns. That's the evolution of the zombie there. Yeah. The evolution of the zombie is it's a disease and they run and at it you. Learned to, well, that's, the, that's the, my big problem with zombies is that you're like people in Egypt who had like regular minds and didn't want to eat brains it took them a long time to overthrow the regime there you know what i mean but somehow zombies are able to overthrow the military in every one of these movies <laughs> like the military can't stop these shuffling morons <laughs> there's like there's like tanks turned over somehow yeah. like what exactly what did they do <laughs> the how they turn over the tank the zombie can't stop a tank <laughs> Like what is yeah, that? What we need to do is send zombies to Libya to overthrow the government. You know, yeah, these just... <laughs> drone attacks aren't working. Well, we—that's what zombies would do. They would become a new military weapon. There we you would go. just send a bunch of zombies in an airplane carrier and just let them lose. And they would <laughs> shuffle out. I think you're talking about over. Seal Team Seven. Bum, 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 bum. Zombie, zombie Seal. Zombie Team. Yeah, zombie I teams. like it. I like it. Find Osama zombies. What the fuck is that about, man? The zombie thing. So well, it's you people know, people love them too. People love zombie movies, man. There's a guaranteed core group of humans you're gonna get every zombie movie you make. 
There's a core audience. You got a new sure. zombie movie coming out. Boom. You're going to get a certain yep. percentage of people. And I'm one of them. Yeah, me too. I fucking love that shit. I, I you get me for every monster movie. Everything you got, bro. What do you got? Dragons. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? Yeah, Werewolves. pretty much. Yeah. Werewolves. There's no way I could avoid it. It's impossible. <laughs> Just check my Wikipedia page. <laughs> Somebody says right now. Yeah, somebody said uh, that during the Twilight series, I often oh, refer to right. myself as a werewolf. We've been like saying to people, like, you know, I'm not saying, you know, that you should put this on Wikipedia, but if you do, I'm not going to change it. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. So this says says I'm on some man shit. It says, um, uh, by the way, uh, I I did uh, Massey Hall in Toronto on Friday night, two thousand six hundred podcast fans. Wow. It was like all podcast fans except. There's one dude who brought his teenage son who apparently didn't read the signs. I guess he didn't know what he's getting into. Like, his son probably likes MMA. And I'm like, go see the Fear oh, Factor man. guy. There's signs that say, warning, the Joe Rogan show will contain the strongest language and material content imaginable. <laughs> That's what I came up with. So that you can't, you can't right. say that I didn't warn you. It says the strongest imaginable. Yeah. And I might be right. And apparently during the, um, there's this one port in my joke where I talk about a fake baby getting his dick sucked. And he didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> got up in a huff and left. Oh, really? I heard about some from some people that were in their section. I couldn't have possibly known because right. the joke was killing, and there was you know thousands and thousands of people. That Massey Hall is fucking huge. It's huge. It's so crazy doing like a, a show like that where there's that many people. That's the most I've ever performed for. And uh, I'm glad I'm doing that thing lately where I do like an hour and ten something like that. This is the best way to do it, man. I did an hour and ten, just just stomped it. And it was, I was so amped up for that show. It was the first show in a long time that I was actually kind of nervous for. Like, as I was walking, not nervous, like, oh, I'm scared. But, like, like all day, I was like, whoa, I got a big fucking show tonight. Right. You know? And when you go out on stage and there's 2,600 people and they're screaming. Fuck. And it's super intimate, too, the way it's set up. Like, because there's three tiers. And yeah. they're, like, pretty much in your face. They're all in your face. 2,600 of them. Wow. Fucking That's awesome. Cool. And Doug Benson was there. And Doug Benson uh, was uh, hanging out with his buddy, who's his opening act. And, um, you know, he was just, he, I, he go, I go, what are you doing tonight? And he goes, uh, nothing. I go, come down to the show. So he came down. I go, you want to go on stage? He goes, yeah. So I just a I introduced him at the beginning. We also got Doug Benson here. And they went fucking crazy. That's cool. So he goes out and does 10 minutes and just crushes. Cr Tripoli goes up and crushes. It was insane. The crowd was so fucking cool. I mean, you're always going to get a certain amount of douchebags. Like I, I read a couple things on Twitter about people getting kicked out for yelling things. Maybe somebody got kicked out during Sam's act. But that's just the virtue of the fact there's 2,600 people. There's, you're getting a certain percentage of shitheads. UFC weekend and Canadian yeah. GSB. But other than that, man, <laughs> the fucking crowd was amazing. I mean, it was incredible. When I, went, when I was performing with you, where did, we, where did we perform at? Montreal. Montreal. There was a guy, and he was an heckler, and he really... I mean, he's an idiot for yelling during your show, but I really know he didn't mean any harm by it. But there was a guy in the back who kept yelling... Pyramids! Oh, yeah. Pyramids! He was just, like, naming things like... He wanted me to do the joke about the pyramids. Aliens! Yeah, but it went on for the whole show, and he yeah. was so drunk, oh. and it was so important <laughs> to him that he's talked about the pyramids. He kept looking at his friend with this, like, really serious, dramatic look in his face, like, I'm going to get him to do it, bro. I know I can get him to do it. <laughs> That is the problem with talking about like really heady, trippy shit is you get a certain percentage of people, like my friend who thought he was Carl Jung, who have to come up to you now to talk to you about things. Yeah. And they take what you do very, very seriously. Yeah. 
it's like you know the vast majority of the hardcore Bill Hicks fans are amongst that's you know what I mean that's that sure. the, the, the important like what, you, what he's saying is important what's going on is important how about this you know I mean? how about this message you get from time to time I thought you should know that I was a fan of your podcast, but I could not believe that some of the things you said in your last episode. We got we get that with my podcast. Of course, all the time. Now, you just lost a listener. Like, you know what I mean? This thing where you're trying to hurt me by saying you're taking your yeah. patronage away from the free content I'm putting up. It's like, what do you what is that attitude of It's a child's attitude is what it is. Instead of, you know, having some sort of a discussion or a debate, I, I am more than willing to look at someone, you know, they say, you know, send me something that says, "Hey, you know, I think you guys are like a little insensitive. I love the podcast, but here's where I think you're wrong." Or like on Twitter, like someone said that about about Top Gear. Like I was making fun of uh, all these people for criticizing Top Gear yeah. about their comments about Mexico until I heard the separate group of comments that everyone was upset about. I had read some shit that wasn't very offensive at all and to me it was a joke. But then I read and watched the video of the real stuff and I was like, oh, okay. Right. You know, I'm more than willing sure. to be set hit. But the guy who did it was very polite and very cool yeah. about it. He didn't, you know, oh, I guess you're just a jackass that and thing. a fucking loser. Yeah. Unfollow. Yeah. You know, like, what is that? in caps. Yeah. It's a child. That's a little temper tantrum. It's a very stressed out child. Which is fine for me, man. When you do something like that, you don't get a chance to follow me again. I block you because I don't want to deal with children. I don't want to deal with your nonsense. You want to send me something to try to make my feelings hurt for no reason like that? It's not going to work, and I'm going to block you. But it's think, that simple. But think how stressed out you have to be. Yeah, well, to be a listening to a podcast that. and be like, this is the last straw. And you, you compose a passion. Most That's of them are not even that stressed out. They're, you are the target of the day to distract themselves right. from a fucked up, hor horrifying shithole of a life yeah, they're living. Right. It's not you. It's not what you did. It's so terrible. And you might, you know, if someone agrees with you or disagrees with you, it's just a, a thought and an idea, opposing thought and an idea to be considered and either accepted or rejected. But it's that yeah, simple. It's but, like, yeah. but when you get all angry about it and, you know, that's Unless what you've said is like really fucked up. Well, yeah. And sometimes, by the way, it's great. Like, cause I say so many blatantly wrong things like bat, like bad facts like really bad well, it's facts hard to, I mean, and mispronunciations sit right in front of a laptop which yeah. you can do if you want next time I'm thinking right. of getting you a laptop oh that'd be cool so man you, like, while you're talking you yeah, don't have that, to panic you go well, let me just look this over real quick make yeah. sure I got this right it yeah. would save a lot of humiliation, man. Because like I get like I'm saying shit wrong. There's it happens all the time. Yeah, it happens with uh, with um, uh, Callan. Callan all the time like fucks up and then has to come back. But look, and in that figuring it out and in that you know and looking up those facts is you know in message boards and discussions we all grow. We all find out. Like like I said when I put up that thing about the Photoshop thing about Obama's birth certificate. I'm like I don't know what's going on. Somebody tell me what's going on. Right. You know, and a lot of people are like, why would the government do this? That's speculation. Shut up. Let's get to the heart of this. Yeah. What, what is going on here, Photoshop-wise? You know, it's, it's, it's so important to have this sort of a, a back-and-forth exchange with people online. You know, it's not yeah. just throwing something out at them. You know, the reason why this podcast really works, honestly, is is that it it's like people are tuning in to a, a cool conversation amongst friends, and sometimes they contribute. Sometimes, right. like it, sometimes, tweets contribute. You know, there's a many, many of discussions. Uh, many of the discussions that we've had on this podcast are based on things that someone will send me. You know, someone will send me something on Twitter, and I'll go, "Dude, you got to look at this. Check this out. I'm going to read you the story." And you know, and it's this inter, you know, interwoven network of of ideas and people and shit. That's what it's really all about. Someone you know? sent me um, something from doing this podcast, 
which is a type of music that I'd never listened to called dubstep and a band called Excision. Have you ever heard of them before? No. I keep hearing about dubstep. So fucking trippy, man. It's so weird. It's really cool. I I don't know if like that makes me an idiot for liking it, but I really do like it. Well, what is it? Pull it up. Pull it up. What is it? Because we'll we'll, we'll end and then we'll play this as we're leaving. Yeah, Mm. play. uh, The one I've heard is called Swagger. Dude, you got to come on this podcast once a month. This is ridiculous. I want to. I love doing this. Schedule you every every third week. Great. Okay, Love it. Done. I'll put it Dr. in my Trussell calendar. every third week. The Great. conversations we have are my most fun. You're my number one favorite podcast guest, Duncan. Ah, thanks, one. Joe. Number one. No one's even close. <laughs> There's a few people much. that are close. There's a bunch of them. I love all of them in their own little way, but you're my favorite. Thanks, man. And they can all go fuck themselves if they want to argue about it. Oh, I love no, all you guys. Duncan's number one. Okay? <laughs> thanks, Stop it. Even more than Joey Diaz. Oh! Joey Diaz will get mad at you sometimes. Duncan never gets mad at you. Listen, you fucking Momo. <laughs> you over there with your fucking Osama bin Laden. Meanwhile... Meanwhile, back at the ranch, you got some dubstep. What do you got? Swagger is the name. You got that song. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, uh, upcoming, we've got. Uh, I, I I have a show coming up in San Francisco. I will be at Cobb's Comedy Club, and it looks like I'm doing that with Tripoli and Tom Segura. When are we gonna do some more dates, bro? I know you've been busy. I haven't been going up, man. I got. I need at least two months of going up every night. Cause you've I've, been working on your your pilot, right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't had time. Can to you go. S- tell anybody anything about that? It's a science show called. Uh, it's a it's a it's a science show for Comedy Central called. Uh, well, I don't want to say that. It's just a science show for Comedy Central, and the pilot was uh, about the research that they've started doing in psil- with psilocybin. And, and you've been time. super happy about everything. We're gonna keep everybody up to date about it. We can't yeah, let too much it information. Looks, out, it's but. very. It's fucking awesome. It looks really cool. I got you know. I got set on fire for it. Uh, it looks when will you know whether or not you you can actually people can watch it? Um, I I don't know. Probably June or something June. like that. They they'll make a decision. All right, well, we'll we'll keep you keep you posted. Everybody who's interested and follow Duncan on Twitter. It's Duncan Trussell T R U S S E L L. And you could also uh, get him. Do you have artisticterrorism.com anymore? Or you got rid of that? That's gone. I have Duncan Trussell. <laughs> oh, got hacked. Yeah, we hacked. got hacked. Yeah, go to duncantrussell.com and stare into the void. It's just a black screen. <laughs> yeah. Catch him on Twitter. Um, we have shows coming up in San Francisco. That is uh, May 12th, 13th, and 14th. Um, tickets are almost sold out for all the shows, so uh, jump on that shit. And uh, we should have a good time there, my friends. And then uh, the next gig I got coming up, well, maybe probably Sal's Comedy Hall. I don't know what's going on there. Are they doing construction? What's happening there? It's two weeks? You know, I looked in the kitchen, and there was not one thing different yeah. in the kitchen. It's still 100% the same. And then June, I got um, June 10th coming up at the Vogue Theater, and that's in, uh, or excuse me, June 9th at the Vogue Theater, and that's in Vancouver. That's on uh, Thursday night at the Vogue Theater, and the Vogue is supposed to be the shits. I can't wait. And half the tickets were sold out last week. So by now, it's probably like three-quarters sold. So if you want to get in, get in, bitches. I can't bring Joey Diaz to Canada. I know you're all asking, but it is illegal for Joey to exit and enter into your fine country because he's a fucking criminal. And you, you fuckers in Canada are awesome, but you won't even allow a DUI. They, they have a very strict no douchebag rule right. in Canada. You can't have assaults and batteries and all kinds of stupid shit. Not for tickling player. Not for tickling, player. <laughs> all right, you know I love you, bitches, and uh, we will see you. Uh, I got stuff to do all week, so we probably won't see you again until uh, Friday or Saturday. That'll be the next one. And if you uh, go to JoeRogan.net and click on the link for the flashlight and enter in the code name Rogan, you will 
save 15% off of the number one sex toy for men. Duncan, I have one for you if you'd like. Oh, like sure. One? That'd be great. Okay, I got you. Got you new ones. New stuff. What, what, what styles in. do we have? The good style. The butthole. Don't worry. Don't worry. I wouldn't steal you wrong, you dog. You have the, the canned butthole? Yes, I have that. <laughs> Thank you, folks. All right. This fucking show's over. Bye. 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 Bye.